three, two, one. Here we go! Oh yeah! Welcome to A to Z Sports Live, presented by Texas Family Fitness. I am your host, Will Skywalker Steel. Oh yeah, it's time, y'all. It's time to move forward. Here we're gonna do. We're gonna take this Denver game right here. Done. It's on to Atlanta, and it's time to snatch back victory. It's time to snatch back that W. That's been in the hands of defeat for the last few days, right? Today, we're going to break down the Falcons' offense versus the Cowboys' defense. We'll hit each unit, the matchups, where to exploit, you know, some of their X factors, some of their weapons over there on the Falcons' team. We'll also hit up the Pulse of the Nation hotline, so make sure y'all call into that thing. 351-999-3787. Some of y'all are probably like, what the hell is that on the screen? How many of y'all have seen ATL? I see my boy CJ seen ATL. CJ know what I'm talking about there. Give me that dub back, man. We done let, you know, defeat hold the W for a week this this week, right? The Broncos did what they did, but we're throwing that game away. It's time to move on to Atlanta, who comes back to visit the Cowboys for the second consecutive year. Um, And I call them a familiar, uncommon opponent, if that makes sense. I'll explain more later because they're a familiar opponent, but there's some aspects to their team, especially on offense, that are completely different. Uh, Let me give some shout-outs in the Cowboys Nation here. What's up, Mark? Party with the Stars, TC915, I see you. Mike Harris, Chris Woods, a.k.a. Woody, Derek Smalls, Tamara, my guy, Stevie Mack, the mod guy, CJ loving that ATL clip. Like, how can you not – how you play ATL this week, Atlanta, and not – Include some ATL stuff, right? I got to. I got to. I ain't going to lie. Got me some cutty last night. Yo, little scrawny ass ain't getting no cutty last night. All right, I quit. That's enough of my ATL stuff. If you haven't seen ATL, go watch it, man. T.I. Nunu. It's, 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 it's a good movie. It is what it is. Sully, Mark, Charlene, Oscar. A couple Oscars in the building. Kevin, uh, Jacob. What's up, Jacob? Michael, uh, what else we got? 215. Bo Jokes, by the way, welcome to the membership program, Bo Jokes. Salute to you for joining. B Bird, my OG. What's up, man? Iceberg Q said new beats. Something like that. I decided to use uh, our cookout beats just to switch it up a little bit. I, I've been looking for some new ones too, but I really I really am feeling this one. I, I just can't get away from this one. Right here. I'll let it rock in the back while we play a little bit. Uh, Oscar Martinez. Angelica, Amanda, Jordan, Jorge, Captain America, and Tom Downey's Burner account. I don't know. I just like that beat, y'all. But, yeah, uh, 351-999-3787. Let's, let's get some calls. Let's talk about this Falcons matchup because, you know, before last week, we kind of were kind of glossing towards Kansas City, right? No more. No more. We need to focus. We need to really talk about how this team can get at us because we just saw a team that's not better than the Cowboys, in my opinion, come in and stomp the Cowboys. So we're going to take every single aspect um, of the Falcons seriously, and today we're going to start 
with their offense because I think that's what's going to carry that team is their offense. Yes, to, salute to the chat, man. Salute to the chat. Miss Sheila, I see you, man. What's going on, Marcus and Jerry on Facebook? Facebook, man, y'all been showing up. I appreciate y'all. Hey, do me a favor. Um, hit that like button for those that are in here early and share this content, especially on Facebook, so we can continue to grow over there on A to Z Sports Dallas. And uh, in the meantime, in between time, check out A to Z Sports.com slash Dallas for all the latest and greatest around the Cowboys. All right. So let's get on to it. There was some news. There was some news, and already Marcus is talking about it. Already Marcus. There's some news that went down yesterday in Cowboys Nation. And it really kind of was quiet until that happened. And a uh, familiar name got, got brought up, and it's not the one we're talking about here. So let's just get into it in the morning roundup. Welcome to my Gucci, it's about that time. It's time. It's time. It's time. 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 It's time. time. It is time for. It's time for the morning roundup. Round them up, boys. Ah, uh, yes. The morning roundup presented by Texas Family Fitness. I got a text message. <laughs> presented by Texas Family Fitness, a solution for your fitness goals. Whether it be weight loss, strengthening up, toning up, sports, or stress relief, our friends over at TFF have everything you need. State-of-the-art equipment, group classes, professional certified trainers, and much, much more. So if you're looking to begin your fitness journey, head on over to any of the nine locations in the DFW area or visit TexasFamilyFitness.com. So fresh. <laughs> so I don't know, you know, I don't know how y'all feel about it, but Greg DeLeg hit the COVID list, and obviously we hope, you know, he's all well, everything, you know, health-wise uh, is good with Greg DeLeg. But he's been a bit of a, uh, it's been a bit of a problem for the Cowboys, I guess you can say, with his inconsistencies at kicking. He's 14 for 18 as a kicker in general. Uh, missed a few extra points. One game he's hitting a game winner, a game tire. Another game he's, you know, missing a field goal. He's three for four, two for three. It's just not been consistent with Greg. With that said, he's out now. He hit the he hit the uh, COVID list, and there are some names that popped up. And one of the names that popped up, and I'm not talking about Brett yet. I'm talking about Liram Harulahu. I bet y'all like, yo, how, how did you get that, Scott? Yeah, Liram Harulahu, uh, who's the cat that the Cowboys carried throughout preseason, who I thought was a punter. I I, I don't know, and they may bring him back for the third time in Dallas. He was a guy who's kind of subbed in for. Greg DeLeg when he had the uh, surgery issue. But <laughs> the hot name everybody's talking about right now is Brett Maher. <sighs> Brett Maher is on the short list, ladies and gentlemen, to bring in to replace one Greg DeLeg. And at first, I'm like, man, Brett, go and get. I said it on Twitter. I don't want nothing to do with Brett Maher. Then I got to thinking, because somebody said, I mean, he can hit those 50-yarders and those 60-yarders. And I'm like, you know, <laughs> one game. Like, how y'all feel about Brett Maher one game? How y'all feel? I, I, I'm not, I'm, I don't know, man. The dude can't kick a goddamn 30-yard field goal to save his life. Anywhere between, four, was it, 40 and 49, he was awful his last time here. So if y'all don't know who Brett Maher is, 
former kicker for the Cowboys in 2019. He missed 10 kicks and got cut in the middle of the year. And they brought in Cobra Kai, Kai Forbath, who ended up going 10 for 10 in his short time in Dallas in 2019. And, yeah, would not mind bringing back Kai, man. Let's, let's, let's get Kai on the phone. huh? Hey, Kai, pick up, buddy. Hmm? Can we call Kai Forbath? That's what I'm calling. Uh, Mike says he, he can only kick 50 yarders. Yeah, yeah. Greg cost us the Bucks game. Sure did. <laughs> Shaky leg Greg. Fresh said, I'm okay with it for one game. That's what I'm trying to talk myself into it. Like, if it's between Brett Maher and Liram Harulahu, I get Uh-oh. Wait, is, is Kai signed? Oh, no, no, no. Okay, okay. I'm just reading the comments here. I don't think anyone has been signed yet, but news may break because the Cowboys can't sit on this. It's Wednesday. The Cowboys play Sunday. Somebody's likely going to get signed today or tomorrow. But they didn't bring in Kai Forbash, so I don't know if he's going to be the guy. With that said, that's enough kicker talk. <laughs> Even though the kicker position is very important, and we've seen, we've seen it cost the Cowboys a game and cost a lot of teams games, Got to bring it up. But this might be one of those weeks where I just go for it every time. <laughs> and then finally, y'all know me, and this is no disrespect to, to uh, Jerry Jones or those who listens to Jerry's interviews and things like that because some people really like Jerry's interviews. Me personally, I can't, you know, they're, they're just whatever. He, he talks in circles. He just says some weird analogies. His stories are awkward. Um, Jerry, good dude, man. Great dude. But when it comes to football, I really don't really have anything to listen to to do. But he did say on the interview, Denver didn't do anything we weren't expecting. We anticipated it. I went over it carefully with Mike McCarthy before the game. Let me repeat that. I went over it very carefully with Mike McCarthy before the game. What they came out doing, we anticipated completely. We just didn't anticipate them having that kind of success, and they stayed in it. Jerry, what what, 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 what possibly can you go over with Mike McCarthy before the game as an owner? This is what, I'm, this is what bugs me about Jerry Jones, bro. Just stay in the press box, man. Let the coaches do their thing. Let the coaches coach. There is nothing you're going to tell Jerry or Mike McCarthy that he already doesn't know or hasn't went over. That he probably knows more than what you're about to tell him. Honestly, it's probably the only thing I gave, not only thing, one of the things I gave uh, Jason Garrett credit for was dealing with Jerry Jones and and, and the Joneses or what have you and, and handling. I thought he handled it well, you know, I thought he handled it well. Mike, I don't know. I don't know how Mike is handling it or not. I don't know. You know, I think Mike has changed things in Dallas in in regards to things getting out um, in that nature. Um, So I guess he's handled their six and two. You know what I'm saying? So uh, I just would like Jerry to just, 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 just come on, man. Let the coaches coach. Coaches coach. Uh, B Bird with the donation. Super chat. Uh, he says Kai Forbath went ten for ten at the Cowboys, so it makes no it makes no sense to sign. I'm, I'm guessing you mean it makes sense to sign him, right? It makes sense. Huh. 
Yeah, we want 10 for 10. I don't know if he's hurt. I'm, I'm surprised he's not on that short list, to be honest with you. Um, I would certainly give him a call. I would give him a ring. But it looks like it's, it's possibly going to be Maher or Lirum Hirulahu. Jacob said, the only Jerry interviews I like is when Jeff Cavanaugh pretends to be him. Yes, Jeff has one of the best Jerry impressions I've ever seen. I told him straight up, if I could do that impression like that, I would do an entire show like Jerry Jones. I would, just because. Uh, Gotti says, Gotti Baby says, I'd rather have Jeff Jeff Heath uh, than Maher. What's up, Tim, on Facebook? So interesting. I looked on the Twitter sphere yesterday, and it came out that Bones Fossil said, in case of an emergency emergency, one of the kickers would be Tyler Biotish, believe it or not. He would be one of the emergency kickers. I couldn't remember who the other one was, um, but it'd be Tyler Biotish. Listen, bro, I feel like Micah could play every damn position. Give Micah a damn shot. Good morning, Michael. Yeah, Liram Harulahu. That's how you pronounce Oh, you're being sarcastic. Okay, I got you, B-Bird. You know, it's hard to, it's, it's hard to tell between the. So, yeah, I feel you. You're basically saying, hey, you want 10 for 10, and Dallas isn't going to. Yeah, that's that's seems like the things Dallas does sometimes. But uh, I would definitely call. I would call him, and I would not rely on Liram Harulahu, who was not good in the, in the preseason. Brett for a game, I guess. I guess, man. I guess. But, all right, what's going on, Trucker's Life? How you doing, brother? I haven't seen you in a bit, man. I haven't seen you in a while. Let me refresh some things here because now the internet goes. All right, now that's much better. So earlier I started to show off and I called the Atlanta team a familiar, uncommon opponent. And I say that because obviously Dan Quinn coached this Falcons team last year. Strangely enough, the watermelon kick happened with Greg Zerline, who's not going to be a part of this team Uh, on Sunday due to the COVID restrictions. They're different, not only due to their coaches, obviously. There's no Quinn. There's no, um, I forget who the defensive coordinator is. So there's, I think, Dean, is it Dean Pease, I think, or something like that? He's their defensive coordinator now. Raheem Morris was their DC last year. But personnel as well. And real quick, I'm going to jump ahead, but I'm going to come back. I think one of the, the, the major differences in their personnel is this aspect right here. Last year, the Cowboys, with one of the worst defenses in NFL history and Cowboys history, were going up against Julio Jones and Calvin Ridley. This year, Julio Jones was traded. Calvin Ridley has elected to take a break from football, and he was put on the non-injury reserve list, which means he has to be out for at least three games, which means Ridley will not be playing. On Sunday, their top two receivers now are Cordell Patterson and Russell Gage. And we'll get into the other weapon we know, Kyle Pitts, later. But those that, to me, is one of the most striking differences this year. And Cordell has actually been very productive. We'll get into Cordell Patterson. But it's different than the Calvin Ridley. It's different than the Julio Jones. Ridley would route you up. We know what Julio is. Um, he gave us problems last year. They'd have a drop pass, uh, and they got out on Dallas early. This team a little different. Now, I know last week they came out, and they were thumping the Saints, and then it looked like the same old Falcons. The Saints came back. Falcons eventually drove down, kicked the game-winning field goal. Uh, The last six games for Atlanta, this is a scrappy team. They've all been one-score 
games, including all of their their wins. Their four wins. They're four and four. They are four and two in the last six games. Three and one in the last four. So they they're getting some confidence. You know, they used to be the team we laughed at uh, for not finishing. I guess you can say they're starting to finish, right? I guess you can say they're starting to finish. So it's a different team. It's a bit of a more scrappier team. It's an, an Arthur Smith team. And let's talk about Arthur Smith and talk about this offense because I think the game will come down to the Cowboys dealing with their offense, which isn't, it's really not a spectacular offense. Like I said that last week, but I think that that offense last week on Sunday, the Broncos presented more challenges than this Falcons offense. Now they do have two matchup weapons that we'll talk about that the Cowboys are, I think are going to have some difficulties dealing with maneuvering with depending how they line them up. So the Falcons offense, this isn't the regular Falcons offense from yesteryear. This isn't even a Falcons offense from last year. If you look at just kind of the volume stats, the 21st in scoring, they only scored 21 points per game. They're 20th in yards. They're okay in the red zone, 12th in scoring um, offense in the red zone, 10th and third down conversions. And I think that has a lot to do with the veteran quarterback, Matt Ryan. I still think they should have took a cue, uh, but hey, it is what it is. Now, this is a, a, like I said, an Arthur Smith offense. Let me pull up this offense real quick for you guys. And I'll just let some of this play here. If you guys don't know who Arthur Smith is, he comes from the Tennessee Titans. And remember the Titans with King Henry, the running back, Ryan Tannehill, A.J. Brown. You know, last year, I forget who other cat was that went over to the Jets, but Different offense over there. Good offensive line, just just a different offense. And I feel like he's trying to bring that to the Titans, and it's it hasn't quite hit yet, and it's only been one year. So, obvious, not even one year. It's been six, seven games, whatever, eight games. So, it hasn't really clicked just yet, and really one year of getting the personnel. But here's the drastic difference with this offense, ladies and gentlemen. In 2020, Arthur Smith... With the Titans ran a 12 personnel set 35% of the time, which was most in the league. 13 personnel, which is three tight ends, he ran that third most in the league. And 11 personnel, which is three wide receivers, he ran that second least. Atlanta, last year, ran 11 personnel 61% of the time. This year, with Arthur Smith, the lowest in the league. So this is a heavy package team. They're going to come out in a ton of 12 with two tight ends, a ton of 21 with the fullback. They run 12 personnel in Atlanta this year, the second most in the NFL. They run 13 personnel, the second most in the NFL. They run 21 personnel with a fullback, the fifth most in the NFL. So you got to be prepared for a heavy package team. Uh, 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 and as I know it's going to sound crazy because they're not good at running the ball, but they're going to try to establish it. They're going to try to establish it. This is mostly, though, a plotting, methodical offense. Nothing spectacular about this Atlanta offense at all. But with that said, the Cowboys have to be prepared for it. Right, They have to be prepared for it. Let me get back into the chat here before I move on and t- start talking about Matt Ryan. Um, CJ says they, they're trying to protect their cue. 
Peter says we got pressure, Ryan. So, CJ, I don't know if it's necessarily all about protecting their cue. I think this is just Arthur Smith. If you go back, and like I said, that's why I wanted to bring up 2020. Uh, Arthur Smith in Tennessee is literally he's bringing that style of offense to Atlanta where they don't spread it out. Tennessee didn't run a lot of 11 last year, and they, they didn't run any four wide. And I don't think that the Falcons, and I could be mistaken, but looking at the statistics and, and the film, the last, I only watched the two games, but they didn't run any four wide. They'll bring out one Kyle Pitts and Hayden Hurst, and they'll spread that out, but that's technically 12 personnel. So I think it ha- it's more to do with the style of Arthur Smith's offense. And as we move forward here, I'll start talking about Matt Ryan, the run game, and their weapons and their line. But I want to see what you guys are saying. So B-Bird says they don't have Derrick Henry. They don't. And we'll talk about their uh, their running game. So we got a Ravens fan in the building. Salute to you, Ravens fan. Will Anthony says Patterson is their leading rusher and top receiver. Yep. Yeah. No, no more Calvin Ridley. Patterson's going to be a tricky matchup, and we'll talk about that. Christopher says Dallas needs to bounce back in a big way. We'll see how it works. Special teams can't be slipping this week. Patterson rough. Patterson all over the place. All over the place. And uh, Fresh Fade said Arthur Smith loves, loves to establish the run. He's going to be a, he's going to be stubborn with it. Yeah. He absolutely is going to be stubborn with it too. Sometimes to a fault, especially. How can I put this? Especially when you got a guy like one Kyle Pitts. I would be stubborn to get him to rock but he's starting to get it together but i feel like they're still learning how to use kyle but let's let's get into a little bit of matt ryan let's talk about matt ryan a little bit here uh 15 touchdowns six interceptions for matt ryan 69 completion because of the style of offense that matt ryan is running this year he's kind of seen some career lows in in how aggressive he's been he he's usually an aggressive quarterback he really is uh, but his intended air yards, his air yards per completion, and his air yards per attempt are all lows. They all are, are, are way low. I mean, bottom of the barrel in his career low, which means to me, guys, and B-Bird, you'll like this one. You have to tackle this week. Period. And the reason why I say that is because uh, he's going to try to hit a few of those downfield. But they don't have the Tim Patrick. They don't have the Jerry Judy, the, the Corton Sutlins out there. They don't. That's why they run what they run. Their deep guy is mostly, and I had a guy on the phone. I'll get you in a second. But their deep guy is mostly Cordell Patterson. But they try to get their playmakers the ball in Cordell. And, and um, who's the cat? Who's their other running back? Is it Davis? It's Mike Davis. I'm trying to remember. Yes, Mike Davis. They'll try to get them the ball quick. And let the playmakers play. So you got to tackle better than you tackled last week. You also got to remain disciplined on the run game on that backside, but we'll get to that. Uh, Matt Ryan, deadly in play action this year. And this, the Falcons are the perfect example of why it's a myth to say that you need to be able to run the ball productively to have a good play action game. You don't. They're the perfect team to say this. Matt Ryan this year in play action is 77% completion, seven touchdowns, zero interceptions, and he's only been sacked three times with a quarterback rating of 129. Mm -hmm. 
He's thrown more interceptions, six, from non-play action on a team that is awful running the ball. I truly mean that. Awful running the ball. With that said, Matt Ryan is your standard veteran quarterback. He can make the throws. He can run the offense. I don't think it's the best offense for him, but he can run it. And if you give him time, he can pick you apart if guys get open. Now, tell you something, Cowboys Nation. If this defense lets these wide receivers work them this week, that's a major problem. That's a major problem. As much as I like Cordell Patterson, I don't think this collective group of wide receivers should beat you down in, down out. Shouldn't do it. Not this week. They do got a cat named, uh, I don't even want to mispronounce it, but I'm going to call him Olamade Z. OZ put a couple dudes on skates last week. I ain't gonna hold you in that red zone. He had two inter- uh two touchdowns. But I'm about to get to some of their pass catchers, and that's someone sitting here. Kyle Pitts is the guy. But let me get back into the chat and see what you got to say. Peter said, We gotta tackle first, then second guy, go for the ball. This week, I don't even know if they should even be coaching going for the ball. It was so bad last week in how they tried to tackle guys and going for the ball. They should just straight focus. On tackling, in my opinion. Iceberg said they work the Saints, and I think the Saints defense is better than ours. Uh sure, matchups make fights, and, and the Saints is just a bad, I personally they're a bad offense. And again, we talk about how offenses can help out your defense, and the Saints offense now with no Jameis Winston is even worse. Um, and they did come back, they even came back in that game. Should have probably won if you really think about it, but nonetheless, I, 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 I'm not in this offense again, and I'm not trying to overlook because we talked about, we're going to talk about where the Cowboys need to be good at so they don't beat you, but this is a worse offense than the Broncos. And if that was a wake up game, if you let this offense get busy on you, it's way more concerning moving forward. In my opinion, it's way more concerning. So, let's talk about Kyle Pitts. Everyone wanted Kyle Pitts in the offseason. I was one of those. We got him awesome. He's an amazing talent. If not, I'm good with the tight ends we got, and it's been proven our tight ends are fine. With that said, Kyle Pitts is a freak. Um, he's a freak. Runs 4'4", 6'6", 250, whatever he is, and he's their leading receiver right now. 57 targets, leads the Falcons. 36 receptions are second on the Falcons and he hasn't found the end zone much kind of, it's kind of something that Matt Ryan has an issue with getting his big targets touchdowns. We talked about Julio Jones. He rarely had seasons with double digit touchdowns. He rarely had seasons with eight, nine, 10, 11, 12 touchdowns. Uh, so far Kyle Pitts only has one touchdown, but he's still a big play tight end. He leads their team with uh, 15 yards per reception for a tight end is ridiculous, but here's, here's the in- interesting thing. Where do you line him up at? Because he's been lined, or who do you line up over him? Because he's been lined up more as a wide receiver and a slot guy than a tight end, which I don't think is a surprise. So, Cowboys Nation, do you do Pitts versus Diggs? Do you put Diggs over Pitts? Because when you look at their wide receivers, there is no one to really follow. 
So if I'm going to have Diggs follow somebody, I think it would be Kyle Pitts when he's either A, in the slot. Well, that's, that's a tough matchup. See, that's the, that, that's that's talking through. Let's talk it through. Because you put him in the slot. Diggs not a slot guy, but he did follow Mike Evans in the slot week one. And, that, and in my notes I have here, Mike Evans versus Trayvon Diggs. And the reason why is 6'5", he's 6'5". I know Pitts runs a four-something, but he's not utilized in that way in Atlanta's offense. But nonetheless, he's only lined up as a true tight end in line, 107 snaps. Other than that, he's been a slot wide receiver or a flat-out wide receiver. And that is not a surprise to me. That's not a surprise to me. So, yes or no, do you guys think that Trayvon Diggs should star Kyle Pitts this week? in the chat cj says i say put brown on him oh boy Mm. brown on kyle pitts that's a that's a mismatch it's a mismatch uh brown brown's quickness could help him but if if i'm if i'm matt ryan i just hey just throw it up but i don't know i think i'm still with digs Montana, what, what? Why are you so hostile, dude? Kyle Pitts is who I thought he was. He would be average. Stop effing overrating these players, my dude. I don't know why you wake up gang banging that bacon. I really, truly don't understand it. Nobody is overrating anybody. You gotta relax, fam. We we listen. This is the NFL. How on one? How on one hand? Let me let me talk to you, bro. How on one hand you going around on YouTube talking about something? I told you, I told you to don't underrate the Denver Broncos. But then on the other hand, you come in this week talking about some these guys is bums again. Come on, man. As my dude would say, lean forward a little bit. God, you're killing me, fam. Anyway. Mike Harris says either Pitts or Patterson Diggs should line up on. And that's the thing. We'll get to Cordell Patterson. Because Cordell Patterson is going to be a tricky matchup. True Blue says, okay, so J-Ron curse. Fresh Fade says, yeah, they should line him up on him. CJ in the slot. Boss man. <laughs> Boss man on Pitts. Huh. Interesting. Steve wants to leave Brown on Gage. Peter said, don't take no, I'm just saying, man, it don't make sense. You know, I don't, I don't want to, I don't, I don't want to go too far on that, but that does bug me, fam. Like, what are we doing here? I respect every opponent. I'm not calling nobody the greatest of all time. And I'm not calling nobody trash each week. The NFL is tough. Okay. They're, they're matchups here. The pits is one of the matchup problems. We're going to talk about them. I digress. Now, let's talk about Cordell Patterson. Let's get back into the offensive run game. and Or really, the pass game. Cordell, period. He runs both. 47 targets, 38 receptions, 459 yards, five tutties. And they get him working from everywhere on the field, just like the first two plays right here. You'll see him lined up in the backfield. And then you'll see him go outside and catch a deep ball. He's a matchup issue. And this is why it's a matchup issue, because you don't know if he's a receiver on a play or if he's a running back on a play, and that dictates alignment. Because dude runs like a running back, but then he can go out and play wide receiver. He's not great at either of those things, but he has skills. He's quick, he's fast, he's strong. But in my opinion, in the run game, 
the reason why they don't get off is because their offensive line is not that great. It's just not. It's not that great. So what you got to watch for with uh, Cordell Patterson, guys, is you got to look for the cutback. He likes to run. He, he likes to try to find that cutback. It's kind of similar to the Vikings game. Uh, they came out. They run a lot of stuff with their fullback. They run a lot of things with their their tight ends. Big, heavy packages. So we're going to need our edges to be disciplined this week. Remember last week, we didn't have that discipline from the Young Bucks, even from Dorrance Armstrong. So they got to be disciplined this week. In the past game, too, because they do that same play that the Vikings do. Play action one way, roll Matt Ryan the other way. But this time, and with this team, they're trying to look for Kyle Pitts. Nonetheless, Cordell Patterson's third in the league in total yards, believe it or not. And that, that includes punt return, kick return, things like that. Yeah, Professor O, he says, Keith Smith. We all know former Dallas Cowboy linebacker slash fullback slash everything. Keith Smith still kicking in the league. Um, and he's the leading guy for them at fullback. Good for Keith Smith. He, he got the bag over there. But let's not... Let's not sleep on Mike Davis either. He's another one of those tough runners. You get a, a full head of steam. You got to tackle. Mike Davis is not going to wow you, but you got to tackle the guy named dude. You can't have one of those games last week, B-Bird, that we talk about. You can't have one of those games. Um, Iceberg says, Scott, do you think we get anything out of Tristan Hill? Sure. You, you, you got to get something out of him, right? You got to get some snaps. I, I don't know that he's going to come in if he plays this week and be a savior, uh, I'm, I'm more so looking to just see Tristan get back involved. I'm more so looking for the Tristan Hills, the D laws and Neville Gallimore's to be ready for that back end of the schedule. Um, none of these dudes are saviors, but the more talent you can get on that front, the better. <laughs> I'm trying to make sure I use my words correctly here because last week it wasn't a good offensive line, y'all. It wasn't. We did sack Teddy four or five times. We pressured him or whatever, but we couldn't stop the run. And I'm trying to get, I'm trying to find the balance of giving Pat Shermer credit and the offensive line credit because I think that scheme worked wonderfully last week. I don't know if this scheme is going to work. And I, and I, I reckon back, as they say, I reckon. I'll go back to the Vikings game, y'all. Go watch the Vikings game. It's a very similar scheme. Not going to spread you out. Going to pack it in. Got a whole lot of ghost motion things going on. They'll do some things with Cordell, some uh, um, uh, some slingshot things with their tight ends, but they're not really moving pre-snap a lot. And if that's the case, I like this defense to match up against their run game because their offensive line is boo boo in regards to run block. And one of their guys, the mouse in the house. Jalen Mayfield. Go watch Jalen Mayfield. Yeah, yeah, D, they they killed us on the edge, talking about the Broncos, but go back and watch the game. They also got a lot of runs in the B gaps and the A gaps, too. They did, and it was it was due to that motion, right? Getting Jerry Judy going one way, getting the tight end at the snap, by the way, going one way and coming back the other way. Shotgun option stuff to hold the linebacker for a split second. They they just flat out ran over Dallas everywhere everywhere and it was it was weird because one of those games where they had a lot of tackles for loss but it was either a tackle for loss or eight yard gain 15 yard gain 
broken tackles. Something that should have been a three-yarder ended up turning into an eight to 12-yarder. It was just a bad performance overall last week. This week, I really don't see the Falcons doing a lot of that movement. So if the Cowboys get overpowered this week, we got it. We got a problem. Hmm? We got a problem. But Jalen Mayfield, y'all, is is the mouse in the house. So look for Osa this week. Look for Calvin Watkins. I think Calvin Watkins can get busy with Jalen Mayfield. To say that he's struggling would be doing him a positive. He's playing terrible. In fact, he's playing so bad, the Falcons are probably looking at Connor Williams, who Cowboys Nation want to kick off the bus, and be like, please, I'd love to have you over here. That's how bad he's playing. He's given up five sacks this year, 31 pressures, 14 quarterback hits from the interior. When you hear us say, pay attention to the rest of the league, go look at some of these other guards, you'll be like, oh, I'm glad we got who we got. Because there's a lot of this around the league. Professor O can, can, can attest to it. Uh, those who have to do numbers like that can attest to it. Yes, Jacob, even Carlos Watkins can get busy on Jalen uh, Mayfield. And I'm trying to mince my words here. Or, 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 or be careful because last week I didn't think that offensive line. Think about it, y'all. That offensive line had three backups in that game. And the Cowboys couldn't stop the Broncos. So let's not get too far ahead of ourselves, but let's talk about this matchup. Uh, their best offensive lineman is without a doubt Jake Matthews, one of the most steady left tackles in the game. Not a pro bowler, not an all pro, not a Hall of Famer, just very steady, especially in the passing game. He, he's been one of the best pass blocking left tackles since he's come in. This year, though, he hasn't been great in the run game. In the last few weeks, he's he struggled with uh, some of Carolina's speed and some of New Orleans' speed. So, hello, Randy Gregory. You want to get your wine? He talks about wine in, during the pregame and things like that. Got to bounce back. No sacks last week. Some pressures. Uh, I think he would tell you not his best game. I think the whole team will tell you we came out there. We just thought we were going to roll our helmets out. We was going to beat on the Broncos. The Broncos said no. Going to out physical you. Sean said Randy Gregory will play very hungry. Uh, Urban is on IR and can't return for two more weeks yet. Uh, we'll get Brent Urban back later, I believe, probably in December. Uh, Take care, man, on, on uh, YouTube says this should be a good game with so many storylines. Yeah, and that's the thing. You heard what, and I'm going to get to you here in a quick second, Marcus. You heard the biggest storyline, without a doubt, is Dan Quinn coming back to play the Falcons. Dan Quinn said, I don't care about that. No no trips down memory lane. We got shit to fix. And I'm with him. The Cowboys beat the Broncos. It would have been cool to do all that stuff. Don't care about none of that. Dan is probably going to come out here wanting to whoop on these dudes. And I hope the Cowboys defense comes with that same energy. We got my guy Marcus on the line. What's up, Marcus? What's going on, bro? Not much, but how are you? I'm pretty good. Let me hold on. I want I want to walk my wife out to a car because I'm a gentleman. Hold on a second. Hey, hey, take your time, brother. Take your time. Uh, Iceberg says pressure, pressure all day. Fresh fade. That's why I'm saying we got to send some noise at Matt. Just can't let him get comfortable. This and, and fresh. I'm gonna come back I'm to back. that. Uh, what's up, Marcus? 
Yeah, what's going on, bro? You know, I got to walk the way. Wife out to the car, man. You know how it is. Hey, man. Hey, chivalry is not dead. Hey, man, but the, a lot of these women trying to kill it, man, being all independent. Mm. <clears throat> anyway. Mm. Hey, y'all. That's a, that's a whole other thing. I, that's a, that's a I, whole other show. That that's a whole other show. <laughs> whole other show. Let's go. T- get out of here talking about let's go Texan. Oh. Jesus Christ. Get Come on now. Don't. Exactly. Um, I think that this is going to be a very perfect bounce back game because the t- I think the Falcons are set up to play against the defensive strengths, which is basically being technically sound and collapsing the pocket. And I truly believe that if they just remain technically sound, flying to the ball like they were the previous weeks, I don't think they're going to have any issues. I think last week's game was like this complete anomaly. Like everything that they had as the strength, a defensive strength, they literally didn't do. Like all of the things that they were known to do in those previous weeks, they did none of it. Yeah, it was all so around Travis. That, yeah. yeah, it was just like it was just a it was a weird game. And then for the game to not even be televised, it was kind of like all the things were lining up for this to not be a really good game. I but mean, I believe that – go ahead. No, I was just saying, after listening to a lot of the players, even the coaches, McCarthy even said, I might have over – I think what he was really trying to say, you read between the line, is he got yeah, overcoached the penalties. What he's saying is, I, I pretty much said, screw what the Broncos are going to do. Let's focus on how we can be better disciplined in regards to penalties. And I, and I feel like that was a mistake, and I don't think that uh, he'll do that again. You, you can't overcoach penalties, fam. Let that go. Yeah. You need to be in a lab figuring yeah, out how to beat go. the next opponent. I don't think the Cowboys exactly. – and a lot of these penalties – let's think about it, man. A lot of these penalties is bullshit. I mean, just be real. It, it's because you got the I mean, star I, on your helmet. Listen, you can't coach that. Dude, dude, like, you, you can't – this is the thing. I say, you know, people have always asked me, like, I've had a few Cowboys fans, like, man, they got penalties that have cost us games and they've cost us position in the game. I say, you know what you have to do in order to eliminate those penalties? It's real easy chunk plays when you get consistent chunk plays those are the plays that least get the penalties like a holding call or whatever you got to be fast and you got to get chunks and you got to be fast to the ball but when you're wallowing around kind of sauntering to the line and oh i'm gonna take my time like no 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 no. you have to take the, it's like a ufc fight you're not or a boxing match you're not going to leave it in the hands of the judges right. oh you know well, i was doing my part so I'm just going to go to a decision. No, 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 no. You take the decision out of it. You go for the knockout blow. And for the most because part, that's what Dallas was doing the first up until the Patriots game. It was pretty much a lot exactly. of knockout blows to where these penalties really didn't didn't harm the Cowboys. Even really the Falcons uh, right. or, or the, the Vikings game, there were some penalties and they, they overcame them. Um, so it was strange that, that he came into this week saying, I want to co- overcoach penalties when you should have been overcoaching a defense over there that, that has, that's a really good scheme that gave the Cowboys trouble. We forget that scheme gave Dallas trouble, but I, I credit Vic Fangio for switching up what he does and, and kind of loading that box. So they just, they got out coached, man. They got outplayed. And, it was and, just all and, around and, bad. And, and you know the thing, and the thing about Vic Fangio, people were getting all Cowboys nation, the fans were getting all mad because he, what he said in his post game, he literally said what, any coach would say going up against their opponent, he took up for his guys, yeah. and he felt that, hey, 
of all the teams that they played, we either on, we're the only team that played them the way that we did. Yeah, he said something like, like teams were playing the Cowboys wrong. I mean, hey, right. Vic, talk your stuff, bro. Say it with your chest. You just smashed and embarrassed the Cowboys. But I urge, like exactly. Dak Prescott said, please. We're not going to let that happen again. We'll never feel this way again. Well, well the, the old copycat thing, I, when he said, please, do that. Keep yeah, continuing. That's all I need. Give me right. one-on-one with, with Michael Gallup and Cooper and, and Lamb. Right. And go ahead, please. It was an off game. It right. happens. Right. And just I, I love his leadership because he doesn't make excuses. He says, this is a horrible feeling, and I'm going to make sure that we don't feel this way again. That's all I can ask for. That's When, when I hear my quarterback say that, no penalty. I'm, I'm good. Because, again, it starts at the top, trickles down to the soldiers. Remember, we talked about the whole, you know, the commission, the, 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 the ladder. The Sicilian mob is what you called it. <laughs> the La Cosa Nostra, this thing of ours. And I'm like, they really have that mentality. I'm like, everybody has had a jacked-up game. But sure. I believe, I think they need to keep Micah in the middle. I think That's they need the to keep J. Ron Curse with the green light. They need to do whatever they can to collapse that pocket because Matt Ryan is not mobile at all. So if you collapse that pocket, it's a wrap. And then you don't have to worry about Randy Gregory. You don't have to worry about the edge. You collapse that interior pocket, it's a wrap. That whole game plan for the Falcons, down the drain. That's all I got. As usual, God got his hands all over you, bro. Keep pushing forward. Keep thriving. Hey, Cowboy Nation, I got a quote for you. We are what we repeatedly do. Mm. Excellence is not an act. It's a habit. Mm. That's Aristotle. Hang that up in my house. Appreciate you, Marcus. A couple things I want to get at there, but let me get into Special K because you're absolutely right. He says, I was re-watching the game. The Broncos did what the Patriots and Tampa Bay tried to do. The difference was Dak was on point in the other two games. And that's why I said, please, go right on ahead. No, if that if that's what you want to do, that you're not. I don't think Dak Prescott is going to have these type of games more than he's going to have those type of games. Special K. So, um, yeah, by all means. And Vic. And the thing is about those about those coordinators you talk about. Think about it. Vic Fangio, one of the most respected and one of the best DCs in the league. Um, Todd Bowles, one of the most respected, one of the best DCs in the league. And obviously, Bill Belichick is just one of the most respected and, and best football minds in the history of the game. So, and it, it didn't necessarily work. Now I know it was a close game for the, for the Patriots game. Um, but Dak put up 500 on them boys basically. And not for some bull crap penalties and some bull crap calls and, and, and you know, in, in the red zone and you know, whatever it is, what it is, things happen. Uh, so yeah, I welcome it. I, I truly do. I welcome it. Brian said, did Connor Williams have a penalty last week? No, Connor Williams was, was, was good. On Sunday, I mean, I know the line in general was not, uh, but but Connor wasn't bad. Connor, bad Connor. Huh? He said something in that, and, and I seen somebody say something in the chat. He said Michael Parsons played middle linebacker. I'm actually this week leaning towards him getting after the Q. Now you can do that from the middle linebacker position. We saw it against against the. Broncos. They blitzed him from the middle linebacker position. They they created one on ones in the A and B gaps. 
against those guards. And I said this before, Micah one-on-one against the guards or Randy one-on-one against the guards, it is a mismatch. I just, I'm not confident in this run game. Last week was different. We tried to talk about um, Gordon and we tried to talk about Javante Williams. That's a tough game, running uh, running backs, a tough run game. Um, I felt like he needed to be in the middle. This week, it's early. It's only Wednesday. I could change my mind come Sunday, but I think I'm leaning towards Micah Parsons getting after Matt Ryan with Randy Gregory this week. It's been a while since he's played primarily on the on the end, and I think this might be one of those games because their run game, their 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 run scheme, their interior line is just not good in the run in the run blocking department. So I feel like you should be able to hold up with your backers in your D line. So I'd give it a shot. I'd maybe try out what we did against the uh, Patriots where Micah started off on the front and they start running on them boys. And it was like, nah, never mind. Um, so I think I'm leaning towards that. So don't kill me, Cowboys Nation. Vince wants to talk O-line. Tomorrow we're going to talk about the Cowboys offense against their defense. I promise you. But we can we can dabble in it if y'all want. Uh, let's get 4-3-2 up in here. 4-3-2, what it is, what it do. Hey, what's going on, Sky? It's DJ checking in, brother. How are you? What's up, DJ? Let me get you saved here. I'm good, brother. Hey, man. Uh, uh, so, basically, I just wanted to ask. I had a conversation last night. Um, I don't think so, but would you say, because it's funny that you just brought up Michael Parsons right now. Yeah. Would you say, um, because we were talking about Cordell Patterson, and I was like, well, I thought I had was like wherever Cordell kind of goes, you know, Jalen kind of follows. If he's in the backfield, he's lining up outside. He'll go out with him to the to the perimeter if he's going there. Um, but I don't think he's ready for that coverage wise. You talking about Michael? Uh, what's you talking about, bro? You talking about Michael? Uh, yeah, Michael. Um, yeah, yeah. I as much as I love Micah and his athleticism, I still believe, and this this is for most linebackers in this league. There's only a handful where you say. That's not a mismatch, you know, a receiving running back against a, a, a linebacker. But I think if mm-hmm. I'm the Falcons and Micah is in the middle, Micah in the middle, I do try to isolate Micah on Cordell Patterson. At the end of the day, Cordell's really a wide receiver. You don't want yeah. you don't want him on Micah one on one. So that could be another reason why I say let's put him down there in, at, at the line of scrimmage and make let him harass. Matt Ryan, and he plays well in the run game too. But it's it's a tricky matchup, though, right? Because what if they come out and he, and there's Mike Davis and there's Cordell Patterson, and now Cord and you put Michael on Cordell. Now you motion Cordell out into the slot. That's that that's a matchup I don't walk. Yeah, <laughs> you know I don't walk with Micah on Cordell yeah. in the slot. I don't. Fair enough, fair enough. Um, and then uh, I haven't watched a whole bunch of film. Uh, I don't have all 22 or anything like that, but I did catch a couple of snaps from from just people playing stuff over time. And I think, man, like interior-wise, if the line is what you say it is and they're, they're a step down from even what we played last week, I think the interior of the line is going to be fine with Osa out there at least. Um, and then if we're going to mix Tristan back in um, because – Osa's shown more early than what Tristan did early, yeah. but I think today they're about even, right, um, as far as their penetration ability. So I think if we're just mixing that back in, I think 
your whole game, the the game plan that you were talking about will be just fine, except we, we don't really need to mix it much up, except for maybe put Mike on the edge like you said. But overall, I'm not too worried about it as long as they can keep Pitts in line, keep Cordell in line, and they'll be they'll be just fine as long as they can get to Matt Ryan. Yeah, I think the the Falcons interior. I mean, they have a player. Chris Lindstrom is a really good a young uh, guard. He's their best interior guy. He didn't play much his rookie year last year. Um, he started to put together, and this year he's showing that I'm a top fifteen pick. He was a top fifteen pick. Uh, other than that, though, like I said, man, Jalen Mayfield is awful. Their center is an average center, um, and as a team, they don't run block very well. It, it, it's it's really a lot of man stuff. Some some zone to get some backside cuts from Davis and Cordell Patterson, but it's more or less they literally just run so that they can get some play action. That's what they they don't run to try to 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 bury you. They they haven't had many great running games this year. In fact, they only had two games over a hundred yards total running the rock. So they're not a productive running team. They only do it to make sure they can get some action off of it. Um, so, yeah, I'm with you. I don't think I'm overly concerned about their run game, especially on the interior. Uh, I would worry about tackling. You you just got to tackle Cordell. You got to tackle Mike Davis. These guys run tough. And if you give Cordell Patterson an inch due to his speed, he can take him out. Well, last thing, and I'll let you go, brother. This made me think of a question. As far as when he uh, – let's say offense – is back to what they've been doing all season, right? And they're putting up points sure. and they're doing all that. Um, and, of course, Atlanta has a propensity from at least the games I've watched to get away from the running game anyway, like you were saying. Right. Um, so, at that point, the run game's not really a focus. How would we counteract? I mean, where are we putting Trayvon? Is Trayvon following somebody or is he just playing right? Um, or how, how would the, how would that go in your mind? So earlier in in this show, I talked about matching up Trayvon on Pitts. I asked the, I asked the nation. I asked you. Ask you. Uh, do you put Pitts or do you put Diggs on Kyle Pitts? And due to how he lines up, which is mostly in the slot and out wide, I think I do that. I, I think I I think yeah. you don't have necessarily a mismatch with Diggs inside. He's still a corner. He still has that quickness, that twitchiness. He can open his hips very well. And and Pitts is a six foot six wide rec- wide receiver slash tight end, so he's not one of those shifty guys that can hit you with a Cole Beasley move. Um, and I'm not. There's no disrespect to, to Kyle Pitts, the route runner. He he run good routes, but I think I would treat Kyle Pitts like the Cowboys treated Mike Evans. And what they did was they moved Trayvon Diggs everywhere Mike Evans went. Who is six five, right, big guy? And I think I would do that with, with Trayvon Diggs. That's where I'm at with it right now um so if they if they try to spread it out the cowboys get up and they can't run they don't have a ton of weapons we know russell gage he played well against the cowboys last year but he's not you know anybody you fear cordell patterson is cordell patterson he's good because of his versatility but strictly as a wide receiver he's an average wide receiver with traits and then you got kyle pitts who is kyle pitts well, and at the end of the You're day, right. you always have a boss man who played him less than 11 months ago. So, but all right, man. Thank you, brother. Appreciate the call, man. Yes, sir. And you're right, Will Anthony. Let me not forget that Hayden Hurst is another receiving tight end that they like to use. I think that's one of the main reasons why I like to go double tight a lot. It's because Hurst can be in line a lot and, and, and be, he's very, uh, 
Dalton Schultz-ish. Very Dalton Schultz-ish. Tony from Tampa. What's up, brother? Yo, yo, what's up, man? I'm chilling, man. How are you? I ain't nothing, man. Same old thing, man. Uh, yeah, first I want to shout you out, man. Number one morning show in the country, man. You know, I ain't nothing like it, man. My God, I appreciate you. Beautiful thing, man. But uh, I think Cowboy Nation, man, I think I think we be getting a little bit, uh, you know, after last week, man, you know, we be panicking, man, you know. But you got to understand, like, teams like the Broncos, the Chargers, they're all they're all built to, you know, they're all built for teams like the Chiefs and the Chargers with a lot of quick motion. That AFC West, them teams are built for each other, built to go against each other. And I think they caught us by surprise with a lot of that, you know, motion. And, uh, you know, they they built to go against teams that do a lot of stuff, man. Mm. You know, and uh, it caught us by surprise a little bit. This week, you know, everybody knows what Matt Ryan is, man. We He's been around the league for, for, for forever, man. Everybody knows you put pressure on that boy. Yeah. You know what I mean? Everybody know that he ain't, you know, you put a little pressure on him, he going to fold up, man. And, uh, he, you know, he ain't really running out of there or nothing like that. He ain't going to, you know, you ain't really got to worry about him running for real. So, you know, they put a little pressure. And then, you know, Matt, uh, Dan Quinn, you know, he don't know the plays because they are all new plays, but he know the people. Right. You know what I'm saying? He he knows, he's been, been up against Matt Ryan in training camps and, uh, his defense, and uh, he knows what tricks him and what gets him. You know what I'm saying? No, no, Riled that's, a, up and, that's a very good point that I kind of glossed over because I said they're a familiar p- opponent, but it also an uncommon one at the same time. Well, where they're most familiar at is quarterback, obviously. And Quinn was literally, you know, side-by-side side in those rooms, he, inside of Matt Ryan's yeah. head for, what, six years or something like that, five or six years? Yeah. So, yeah, he knows his little yeah. ticks that, that gets to him, and you're right, you know, Matt under pressure this year has, has been a bad Matt Ryan. You know, he's thrown most of his picks when he's blitzed and under pressure I, his, his numbers most of his career. You know, playoffs. Yeah. You know, playoffs and stuff like that. I didn't mean to cut you off, but, uh, you know, like playoffs and stuff like that, man, you've seen him, man. When they put a little pressure on him, hit him in the mouth, man, he, he gets all confused, man. You know, he, you know, I ain't saying that this is an opponent that we – need to overlook you know we don't need to overlook nothing. no 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 no. we're just trying what to figure saying, out how to, how to combat them yeah 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 what i'm saying is man you know I, I think our team is built to play against this type of team just like i say the afc west teams are built to play against those types of teams that do a lot of motion a lot of quick stuff with tyree hill and they're they're built to go against that mm-hmm, mm-hmm. you know what i'm saying no you're, that's I a think great the Falcons, observation yeah, the Falcons, you know, pretty much, man, you know, I think our defense is catered to stopping a team like this. You know what I'm saying? Like, a team like this, this week, we're, 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 we're fast, we ain't too big. You know, that that's the type of stuff, that speed right there, the, team, the speed that we have. I think it matches up great with them, man. As I far as Kyle Pitts. I would put either Diggs or Nashawn Wright on him. You know, I would, I would Nashawn Wright, man. Hey, look, it's time to go, man. It's time to show me, you know, a little something. You know, shadow him. Don't worry about nothing but him. 
You know what I mean? Deshaun Wright, he, he, what is he? Uh, how tall is he? He's like 6'4", right? He's 6'4", but, but realistically, I don't think they're going to do that. Like, I, I think Deshaun Wright is, is, is just not in the, in the plans at corner. So that's why I haven't really I'm not even brought it up. When you look at it from high from, yeah. from the back end, yeah, six four against six six, it, it makes sense. But I just don't see him being part of their plans yet. Yeah, if we was playing basketball, that'll be a good matchup. But uh, I, I think uh, uh, <laughs> I think Diggs then, man. You know, uh, I will have to put Diggs on him, man. But that's it, man. That's my little input for the show. My Cowboy Nation, don't panic, man. You know, we gonna get it, man. You know. I appreciate you, Tony, from Tampa. All right, man. Hey, drive safe, brother. Have a good day, man. You too. Uh, definitely made a good point there that I didn't really think about, and it's it's how those teams are built. You do build your team to beat your division, mostly you try to. But I think the Cowboys are actually trying to get in that mode of being able to defend those kind of offenses. And, that's why I said yesterday the Broncos game kind of shook me back into reality. We talked about the Cowboys struggling with that kind of system. All that movement, all that, that was something they've historically struggled with due to the personnel. They didn't have the, the kind of personnel to match it. But Quinn was trying to bring that in, right? That's why he drafted a bunch of versatile players who could stand up, put their hand down. That's why he drafted Michael Parsons, who can has that speed. Jabril Cox, like, they're trying to build that mode to be able to defend a multitude of offenses. Um, but at this very second, they are still best equipped against, like he said, this kind of offense or the Vikings kind of offense, et cetera, et cetera. And really the Eagles technically can do a lot of that, but I don't know. Their, their coach is kind of spacey over there. Um, but yeah, great observation. Um, and he talked about the pressure on Matt Ryan. See, now I'm leaning even more, y'all. Y'all, t- talk me back if I'm wrong. Talk me back if I'm wrong, but I'm really feeling Michael Parsons on on a line of scrimmage this week. If not on a line of scrimmage, I'm feeling him more coming forward uh, as a blitzer, as a pass rusher this week. Maybe in more of a three four look, uh, four three under, whatever you want to call it. I think I want to see Micah getting after. Him. Matt Ryan more this week, y'all, because he he's right. He blitzed, he throws his most interceptions. When he's under pressure, his percent I mean, most quarterbacks are percentages down, but he's been bad under pressure this year. So I wonder where Mike is working. If I was asking the questions this week, I would ask Mike McCarthy. He's probably not going to tell me. But I try to read between the lines. Where y'all got Mike at this week, man? I think I'm feeling that. I think I'm feeling that. Um, let's get into 831, then 813. What's up, 831? Good morning. Good morning, Skywalker. This is Nacho from the Bay up here. How you doing? Good morning, Nacho. I'm good, brother. Just trying to talk this through and, and, and see how we can match up with these Falcons. Wonderful, wonderful. Yeah. Uh, so my take is, you know, I, I think it's pretty clear that uh, obviously we had, you know, the worst game, you know, uh, of the season, you know, from, from top to bottom coaching staff, the scheme, uh, first time that we probably saw maybe our coordinators, uh, you know, not really quite find a way to adjust and make adjustments. We were always, in a sense, kind of ahead of the game, you know, with these other teams, and we were able to make the adjustments and able to be on flow. Um, 
it is what it is. I think it's a learning experience. And uh, as much as, you know, many fan base uh, or maybe the, the media, of course, trying to share light into, okay, this might be the, uh, you know, copycat league and this might happen. For myself, I look at it as, hey, it was a rude awakening. Uh, you know, we were riding high. Um, you know, we came off of a, a very big, I thought, emotional win on the road against the Vikings, uh, you know, where they had to play uh, up to a high level without their starting quarterback, and we got a W, and then we come home thinking, okay, you know, uh, I heard that probably 30 to 40% of the fan base was Bronco fans, which gives me the idea that the Cowboy fan base said, okay, you know, I'm not too worried about this game. Let me sell my tickets, uh, which I – I do not like, but now you now now you now it's it, it's that kind of mid midline into the second half of the season where this football team has got to put it all together. We're going to find out the true character of this football team. The coaching staff is going to be challenged yeah. from here on forward, and uh, I'm excited. I I I strongly believe in what the coaches have going on. The, this is a special season. I've been saying that, and uh, uh, I'm just intrigued to see what we're going to do on Sunday and moving forward. Um, and uh, you know, hopefully, getting everybody back, uh, you know, Tank and those guys back. And I think it was pretty obvious if, for those who questioned, uh, you know, Tyron Smith at left tackle, having him out. I hope nobody was questioning that. <laughs> oh, you know. I have some of my Skywalker, some of my buddies back home over here, you know, we always kind of go back and forth, and they're like, ah, we need to get rid of Tyron. You know, he's always injured. And I'm like. I will will live with Tyron Smith missing two to three to four games. If he's going to play, you know, 12 to 14, I'm good. I would would live with it. You know know what? I, I think it's pretty obvious that without him in there, you know, it's kind of very similar to what people have said. When Tyron's out of that lineup, that line kind of gets shifted. Back in the days when Sean Lee used to be out of the defense, and then all of a sudden, like, well, what's going on? Yeah, that's what's what I com- that's so, what I compared it to uh, yesterday. Yeah, he's a Sean Lee of the 2010s. I, I thought I heard you yeah. say that, right? Mm-hmm. Absolutely, I think that's a fact. So, um, you know, lastly, um, yeah, yeah, I, you know, in closing, brother, in closing. Really, okay, uh, yeah. I really feel that, uh, uh, you know, hey, let's go let's go forward. Let's do what we got to do. We're in the thick of things. You know, we're, we're, we're a team that's in the top five, two losses. Hey, it's what we do from here on forward that's going to make our season. Indeed. Thank you. And, and thank you for taking my call. And uh, the best show in the morning because it allows the flexibility in the fans to voice their opinions and literally – we are able to be on live, and for that, that's priceless. Thank you very much. Hey, no problem, man. Thank you for calling. I try I try to, uh, you know, include the fan base. I say it all the time. You know, it's not just me here, man. This is me and the Cowboys Nation, so I appreciate that. Um, Let's get back into the lines. 813, what it is, what it do? Whoa, 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 whoa. Hold on, that's loud. Before I bring in, it's like a reverb, brother. 
Y'all can't hear it out there in the chat, but but I can hear this bounce back coming, man. Say again. Yeah, that's that's better. That's better. There's some crackling, but that's better. What's up? What you got for us? Yeah, good morning. What's up, AJZ Sports Cowboys? Man, man, um, the, man, Cowboys should have won us, man. I'm, I'm, I'm not, I'm, I'm a Bucks fan, but the Cowboys should have beat the Broncos. But I, I was shocked. But man, which team are you scared of? OBJ goes to the Packers, the Saints, or the Chiefs? It's getting scary now. I don't want, I don't want, I don't want him to go to Green Bay. Though. I prefer him to go to Kansas City, go to the AFC. Chiefs. Oh, they're back from. All right, I'm going to answer that question. I'm going to have you hang up, and I'm going to answer that question on air, okay? Okay. Right, appreciate Please. the call, man. We got through it. We got through it. His question was, who would I be most nervous? I ain't using that word, scared. Uh, with with Odell Beckham going to the Packers, Saints, or Chiefs? Um, if he goes to the Chiefs, I don't care. That's in the AFC. Saints, I don't care. They don't have a quarterback. I don't think he would want to go to the Saints. So, obviously, declare the Packers. You know, get A-Rod with... Devontae Adams and a hungry uh, Odell Beckham. Yeah. 479. What it is, what it do. Hey, Sky. How's it going, man? Good morning, man. I'm good. How are you? I'm doing well here in Arkansas. I was just listening to one of your uh, previous callers talking about how we might go go about handling their kind of lackluster run game and then just automatically converting to the run, to the pass. Right. And it brought me back to basically how we ran our run game against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. I mean, and Kellen Moore even came out and said that a part of our run game, the way we manufactured our run game was through those short passes. Mm-hmm. And that's something that they can do with Cordarrelle Patterson. I mean, we just got to be ready for those those wide routes that are two, three yards downfield, or sometimes behind the line of scrimmage, and they're going to try and put it in his hands and let him make plays. It's mm-hmm. all about game tackling, getting everybody rounding up around the yep. ball, and that's where Mike is going to come in. Which is why I I wholeheartedly agree with you that. I'd like to see Micah out on the edge and getting after Matt Ryan, him being older, less mobile. You had some B, some B film rolling behind you of him going against the Panthers and the beating that he took. And I just think that I would love to have Micah at linebacker, but this year I think you're absolutely right that I think this is a game where he plays, he plays on the line, gives some speed and power and gets through their line, along with a pissed-off Randy Gregory. Yeah. I think a pissed-off Randy Gregory should scare any lineman, even if they're really good, and these guys are not. So I think you're spot on, man. Yeah, that, that's how I'm feeling. I'm looking at, you know, and Caleb McGarry is, an, is another um, tackle who's he's, he's okay. He's average. There's there's nothing special about him. And, and when I say Caleb McGarry, he's the right tackle for the – for the uh, mm-hmm. for Atlanta Falcons, who I think that Mike can give trouble. He's a big dude, heavy footed dude, and and Mike has been crushing you know guys like that this year that that can't contend with his speed. He's Mike is still working with it you know on his hands, but uh, McGarry's given up eighteen pressures this year, and he's had some games where he's given up more than three. So I, I would I'm still leaning towards it until I can be told otherwise. Yeah. I, I can't see a reason to just stick Mike at linebacker and then not send him. If you're going to put him at linebacker, then blitz him. 
this week. But you're right yeah. about the Falcons, and I said this earlier in the show. The Falcons will try to get the ball into their, their playmakers' hands, and that can be an extension of the run game because they don't have one. If you if you Correct. if you go look at their, I mean, last week they ran for 34 yards. This is their numbers yeah. this year as a team. 55 yards, 69 yards, 99 yards, 72, 82, 34. They just don't do it in a productive manner, and they really just don't care to be productive. They just want to do it to keep you honest, and they just want to do it to set up their play action. That's what I saw in the games against the uh, uh, against the Saints and the games against the Panthers because both of those games were games where they could have stuck with the run, but they're not good at it. Yeah. So, so it came down yeah, to Matt Ryan. And I think my um, the reason I have faith and I take solace in what we got, and I think last week was just an all-around. I, I mean, like they all woke up with a hangover, it seemed like, but I see it as what did we do against all the weapons that Minnesota had? They played the and best defense even with, game all year. Yeah, it, even with the, I mean, the added, the cherry on top for our crappy week, no Dak Prescott. What do we end up doing? Shutting down Justin Jefferson and Adam, Adam Thielen. Thielen. Adam Thielen has two big plays, but hell, man, Dalvin he's going to do that to a lot of good teams. Yep, and and Styles and, and Styles make matchups, right? We we went into that Vikings do. game and we said one of the blessings that the Cowboys don't have to worry about is Irv Smith. The Vikings tight ends were not good, and one of the weaknesses still that the Cowboys have to work through. Is is matching up against tight ends. Well, well, Kyle Pitts is going to be one of those matchup guys. And one of the guys in the yep. chat, or ladies, my bad, said that maybe J. Ron cursed too because J. Ron has that size. So I, I think I'd go J. Ron and and Trayvon Diggs, just kind of match up and play around with Pitts. Yeah, my last thing, man, is just uh, I I think that I think that Tank Lawrence, like I said a couple of weeks ago, I think he is going to be a linchpin once he gets back. Sure. Something that brings solace to the entire line and that sort of that feisty attitude he's got and his ability to attack the run. Very, yes. very underrated uh, defensive end in his running game aspect, which means those those outside carries that they are trying to run away with, I think those get, get cut down by a substantial margin. Sure. And I also think that I think that uh, J. Ron Curse, I, as much as I love what he's doing and everything, I put – I put Trayvon on him, on Kyle Pitts, and see what the day brings. They don't got Calvin Ridley. I feel comfortable more and more each week with Anthony Brown to cover whomever. And But what is most important is your pass rush helps your defensive backs. Yep. So if we can find a way to get home, and if Osa can, Osa can show himself up, uh, Justin Hamilton, those guys, and then, of course, if Randy can get back there and – Pressure the hell out of him. I feel I feel a lot better about this game. I, I had to sleep. I work nights, so I had to sleep through the Broncos game. Thank God, but um, we got through it. It was man. one of those ones where, yeah. Hey, All right, man. Appreciate well, the call, I, man. I, I pre, I appreciate it, Scott. Take it easy, man. You too. Uh, so TC. Ah, man. See, now you got me thinking again. I hear you, TC. TC said. Uh, he said those short dump offs to Patterson is the reason why I want Mike at, at linebacker to roam sideline to sideline. You can still blitz Micah from that spot, which is which is the holding the saving grace for me of keeping him there because you can still blitz him. 
Um, and then he says, we've been getting killed by running backs catching out the backfield. Micah is fast enough to get silent in the sideline. Be careful, though. And, and you saw a couple of these plays. They, they will design Cordell Patterson getting a Texas route or a wheel route out the backfield where it's not just your typical, oh, I'm just going to run into the flat. Because uh, Micah has been good at those running to the flat type of things. And but I'm not I'm not comfortable with Micah having to be downfield or dealing with option routes um, against Cordell Patterson. Th- that's why I think it's a tricky situation to deal with because Micah in general playing a zone or playing an area like the flat, sure, against Cordell Patterson. But if I'm Atlanta and I and they come out and Micah's is the you know, middle linebacker and Micah's a green dot, which is not gonna be the green dot, but Micah is the matchup with Cordell. I'm licking my chops. I'm going to say, okay, <laughs> motion out one-on-one with Michael Parsons and Cordell Patterson. It's a matchup problem all day. You, you, you design Cordell Patterson to get an option route or get a wheel route. That's a matchup problem. So I don't know if I want to do that. I hear what you're saying. If they do decide to dump it off, but there's different ways to get Cordell Patterson, the ball uh, quickly. Um, and, and, I mean, I'll pull up one of the plays. Let me see. It's very early. Now it's not there yet, but it's very early in that highlight where they utilize him down the wheel route twice. So just got to be careful. It's, it's a tricky matchup. He's not this great player, but he's a matchup problem. My guy Vach in the building. What's up, bro? Jacob, what's going on? What up, Sky? How you doing, man? I'm good. How are you? I'm doing doing great, man. I woke up this morning. Hey, right. I mean, let me right. tell you something. I'm I'm kind of I'm kind of with that guy in the chat. I want to keep Mike at linebacker. Well, keep him at linebacker. What you, yes, you only because of what you, Yeah, what you got for is that Mike okay. at linebacker? Because I, I I can be talked back into it. I can be talked back well, into it, but right now I'm feeling. It's kind of like he mentioned the the sideline to sideline type of deal. Like I don't want him banging head to head with the tackle all game, and then he it slows him down a little bit. You know, we mentioned the tackle in McGarity. Um, I, I think in my I think we have uh, what's his name Basham who could win that matchup along with maybe like a Goldston or an Armstrong who could set the edge on the outside okay. you know okay. and, and I feel like if you line if you line Patterson out on the slot uh, I, I I feel like Jordan Lewis that one year when Alvin Kamara when he when, when they played the same Jordan Lewis you know kind of shut him down I feel like he could do the same thing with Cordell Patterson, even if he's coming out of the backfield. Kind of like as a spy. Wait, wait, wait. See, 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 see what you said there? Even if he's coming out of the backfield, if they come out in 12 personnel, Jordan Lewis is not on the field. You see what I'm saying? So that means if he motions out the backfield, now you're one-on-one with Michael Parsons or whoever the linebacker is out there. And and really it's a mismatch in general. Um, But no, no, no. I hear what y'all are saying, and I want you to continue to to talk about what you're saying here with the sideline, the sideline speed. That that is something that would make it very intriguing to keep Micah there. But but go ahead. Yeah, I mean, even if even if they did line up in the 12 personnel, we mentioned Trayvon on on Kyle Pitts. Yeah, that would just leave. I mean, that would just leave um, Mike Micah. I guess he he could cover Cordell coming out of the backfield. I mean, I know not the whole route, but maybe you could give him some help with Jordan Lewis. Or Anthony Brown, I know, because Anthony Brown was playing the other corner. AB would yeah. be playing Russell Gage or or whoever they decide to run out there opposite of uh shoot up. If Cordell's in the backfield, they're struggling at receiver right now. No Calvin really, no Julio. They're struggling at receiver right now. Yeah. 
So, I mean, either either way, I just feel like they could match up defensively for the Cowboys. And then, like, I mean, I'm not really worried about that other tackle uh, that the Falcons have. I, I think we have enough defensive end weapons to, to beat that. Yeah, um, I, that that's that's where I want to get at because I can hear you. There, that's a good point. Do, do you think that Terrell Basham and Dorrance Armstrong? I don't know you're going to get any Bradley and I called up, but uh, do can those guys get that constant feared pressure on the opposite side of of uh, Randy Gregory? Maybe you do opposite. Maybe you start off opposite of what I was saying. You start off with Micah in the middle, and you see if you can get some pressure generated by Basham and generated by Dorrance Armstrong, and then you feel comfortable keeping Micah there. I mean, we 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 seen we seen this before, Stan. With this, I'll let you go, man. We we seen we seen this before. I saw it in the Denver game, like I mentioned. I was there live. I I saw Osa at one point lying out as a wide five as a defensive end. Oh yeah, I mean, yeah, yeah. What yeah. if what if he kicks out there and then I mean we we know Tristan Hill's coming in. So I mean, just put that speed on the along the defensive line. Well, that's know, so him or that's one of those uh, amoeba formations where. Dan Quinn lines up people all over the damn place, and he has them all standing up and things like that. That's not something you're going to see consistently, but but yeah, yeah, that that's a possibility. I, I still don't like Osa playing out there as a wide nine technique. That's not his strength. But. Yeah, same here. I just, I mean, just something to get get this pass rush going. So, all right, uh, well, I'll let you go, man. Appreciate it, man. Appreciate it as always, Jacob. My guy, Special K, he said. Micah can carry Cordell Patterson downfield. Athletically, sure. And that's the thing, right? Like, Micah has the speed. Micah has the athleticism. Micah has the tools. But we've also seen Micah struggle in when asked to do that because it's he's he still is learning that. I've seen him get worked with the Patriots in that aspect. I've seen him get worked against the Panthers in that aspect. Um the Broncos didn't necessarily try to do that because they don't got guys to do that. Like, no offense to Gordon and no offense to Javante Williams. Those dudes are more brute type of guys. And it's crazy because Gordon used to be a pass catcher, but he's not a route runner guy. Um, so I, I I don't know that I have 100% confidence in Micah dealing with Cordell Patterson running an actual route in the flats all day. Can he technically run with him all day? But... Like, you just line them up, and there's no, you don't got to worry about, uh, it's one-on-one, right? Like, it's just a one-on-one, you're just practicing. Sure, he can stick with them. But when you're dealing with a lot of things in front of you, we still have to see Micah be able to handle that. Dealing with the receiver that can go, has an option on you. Dealing with the, a quarterback and a running back. And, again, there's the play there where they got the isolation up the route, and they got a first down on them. So, athletically, Micah can deal with anybody. I just struggle with my confidence, man. Struggling with my confidence on, on, on Micah one on one with with Cordell out the backfield. I can still be talked into him at linebacker, and and I think Jacob and TC talked about these things where you have Basham, Armstrong, they can generate the pressure. Then you keep Micah to, to utilize that sideline to sideline speed. Um, so that could work. That could work. You're bringing me back a little bit, but I'm still with Micah on the edge this week because I think Micah can terrorize Matt Ryan. And I think to to thwart this Falcons offense, it's all about getting to Matt Ryan because then it doesn't matter where, where Cordell Patterson's at, right? It don't matter. 804, what it is, what it do? What up, guys? It's CJ. What up, CJ? Let me get you up. Here. Hey, man. Um, I want to – last week – 
it looked like Dak was just off and it brought the whole team off, even down to the defense. And I don't know if you recognized it, but Dak didn't change a lot of plays at the at the line like he usually do last week. Yeah. Did you recognize that? He he didn't. He didn't and like Kellen Moore said, he also didn't put them in any really good situations. I, I just feel like this whole game was about them thinking they could just roll out, run their regular offense, didn't do anything special. We talked about it. there was no pre-snap motion things going on, no jet sweeps going on. Nah. Hardly. They had the most basic screen game. Um, when I saw that C.D. Lamb couldn't get involved downfield, I I thought that the – you know, to adapt, I would have tried to give him the ball quickly. A couple screens like they did against the, I think it was the Giants. Yeah, they opened up the game, yeah. or the second half, one of them, immediately going to C.D. Lamb. Get, get your playmakers the ball quickly. That's what Denver did, and it opened up things. So I just think it was a lack lack of daysical game plan, followed by a lack of daysical uh, energy out there and effort. I hope we have about a week at practice this week. That's all I got to say. <laughs> and um, one thing, I need Osa to get in Matt Ryan's face. If he can get through that line and get in his face, we we will be all right. Yeah, I really yeah. think so. Osa, Carlos Watkins, Michael Parsons, Randy Gregory, that <laughs> everybody in that front seven. It's a bring Michael through the middle. I'm yeah. trying to tell yeah, you. that too, that too, sure. Field day for it's about and here's another thing that. that if I wanted to argue with Micah in the middle, get Micah matched up one on one against Jalen Mayfield. Woo! <laughs> That's a listen. You want to talk about a mismatch? Maybe you don't need to put him over there. You just say, Micah, listen, bro. We're going to crash right. We're or we're going to do a wide nine, a stunt, and we're going to get you one on one with Jalen Mayfield, and that's a mismatch all day. So they can do some that, things. They can do some things. Parson, just just have fun. That's what you got to tell them. Yeah. <laughs> Go crazy, have fun. All right, Scott, man. Appreciate it, man. Thank you, man. Let's right, get 513 in the building. What's up, 513? Uh, hello. Yeah, I'm a Falcons fan, and I got to say, for the most part, you guys are coming at this game in the wrong way. Huh. You guys are great. I mean, you guys are great, and I'm not saying you're not, but Matt Ryan has seen Dan Quinn for more than just his time in Atlanta. You guys are kind of like the LOB 2.0. You're younger and faster than they were, but – Hey, you Falcon fan, I appreciate you yep. calling us the LOB 2.0, brother, but we, we got a long way to go. We got a long way to go till we become the LOB. <laughs> Y'all are younger. That's why I, that when I see you guys, I see a younger version of them. Y'all just, like, Keanu Neal is kind of like, if used right, he can be your Cam Chancellor. KZ can be your Earl Thomas if used right, because those were our guys too last year. Mm. But what I had to say is, a lot of people are saying, oh, if you just blitz Matt Ryan, that's game over. That's not necessarily Not necessarily true. blitz, but pressure him, right? You don't got to – to get pressure, you don't got to blitz all the time. Yeah, you can get home and you can't fluster him, but Matt Ryan is a former MVP. If you try to stack the box against him all day, okay, well, I can just check to something else. I, I mean, wouldn't stack you guys, it. I mean, if Would, you guys beat us, it's not going to be by a lot, and we're not just Cordero, we're not just Kyle. We also have the Lamedes of Kids. He had that, a big day against the Saints last week. Yes, so he I couldn't can you, wait a minute. Can you pronounce his name? Because earlier in my in my film study and, and, and I talked about it here, I said there's a cat named Alamedes Z or whatever who was routing up the Saints. He had two touchdowns last week against the Saints. How do you say his name? Alamedes Zacchaeus. Zacchaeus, okay. 
um, you guys are great defensively. And one guy said, well, Matt, well, you know, Dan Quinn knows Matt Ryan's ticks and Dan Quinn knows this, that, and the third. That's true, but there's two sides to every coin. Sure. If Dan Quinn knows Matt Ryan, then Matt Ryan also knows Dan Quinn. Well, let me count. So let me count. And I enjoy this. Sure. I'm glad I got a Falcon family because you know about your team. Let me counter. If this had been Dan Quinn last year, Dan Quinn 2017, 2016, I completely 100% agree. But you are you studied Dan Quinn. You've watched Dan Quinn. I don't know if you've been watching the Cowboys, but, brother, this defense of scheme is not the same defensive scheme. Uh, oh, Dan God, Quinn, no. Dan, better. Right. Dan Quinn was mostly a cover three type of, of uh, defensive coordinator where we're running a crap ton of man, some of the most man – in the league and running the most stunts in the league with a little bit different speed. So at the linebacker position with Michael Parsons. So you're right. He knows Dan Quinn, but I don't think he knows the Cowboys version of Dan Quinn because this scheme is different. Whereas the reason why we say we Dan Quinn should know what gets to Matt Ryan is because as a quarterback, you don't change. You don't change what works for you, right? Your scheme may change, but you know one, two, three, where I'm looking. You you know his mechanics. You know what kind of gets to him, what can rattle him because he was your quarterback for six years. So I think if there yeah. was an advantage, Dan has the advantage as opposed to Matt Ryan. Does that make sense? It does, but one of my favorite things about Matt Ryan that people are failing to realize, okay, well, yes, our run game isn't that great, but I looked at who we played this year, including you guys. Mm. Tampa Bay, goon defensive line. Philadelphia, yeah. they don't have much going for them, but they have a goon defensive line. Panthers have a really good defensive line. You guys might be the best line we see until we see Tampa again. <laughs> Yo, I don't know who you is, brother, and I don't know if you're trying to do some reverse psychology spell stuff here, but that's a damn lie, and that's no disrespect to, to you. I'm just saying. I love the way how hard we play and things like that. But I would definitely take Tampa's defensive line. I would definitely take Philly's defensive line. I would definitely take – and that's no disrespect to Carlos Watkins and Dorrance Armstrong and those guys, but y'all have played better D-lines. Uh, so I don't, I don't know, brother. I mean, I appreciate you giving us these kudos here. I'm just saying it won't be like a lot of people are saying, hey, well, we just got to do this. Like a lot of people today have been screaming, well, put digs on Kyle Pitts. Yeah, well, okay, yeah. say you put digs on Kyle Pitts. Also, uh-huh. I'm a Bama fan, so I've been watching digs for years. Loved sure. him, loved Coop, too. You put digs on Kyle Pitts, what's to stop us from saying, okay, fine, Kyle, you're the decoy. Hayden Hurst, you just go out there and go eat. That's going to be your job. Kind of like how it was for Julio some games with Calvin. It's like, okay, well, everybody and their mother knows Matt Ryan loves oh. going to Julio, so take him out of the game. Just run routes today. You're getting a workout. Kyle Pitts, you're basically getting a workout. He's been getting doubled all year. I just say sure. if we lose this game, it's not going to be by much, and if we win this game, it's going to be because we had – Short, quick passes. We did not allow you to get to. Uh, we didn't allow you to get to Matt Ryan as much. Jalen Mayfield has gotten better, but he is a weak link. Caleb McGarry has gotten better, but he isn't as good as he should be. Matt Hennessy, our center, he's he's hitting. I mean, he, he's a huge step down from Alex <laughs> Mack. I mean, whoever you brought in outside of a Pro Bowl center was just going to be a huge step down. I, that was one move we made. I didn't agree with. What you guys have in Dallas is what. Atlanta failed to give Dan Quinn in Atlanta. You guys have a defense that is night and day better. I think the best, the best 
four players on our defense as it stands right now. It's Boyasade Aluakan, who that linebacker? is a good linebacker. Oh, yeah, dude, a good I can't wait to talk about country. him tomorrow. Yeah. 54. Uh, Deion Jones. Mm. You already know what you're getting out of Deion Jones. He's a great linebacker. He's A.J. Terrell's good. balling this year. A.J. Terrell has not given up a touchdown this year. Um, Grady Jarrett is still Grady Jarrett. Grady Jarrett. But that's just about it as far as it goes. I think Dean Pease can scheme a game to maybe frustrate you guys. If I were you guys, I wouldn't worry about trying to just pound the ball with quick, short passes. Well, let me tell you, what's, what's your name, Atlanta fan? What's your name? My name is Aaron. I Aaron. mean, I live in Ohio now, but I've been a Falcons fan my whole life. Cool. I just wanted to call in and give a Falcons perspective on the game. This is pre- my first time finding your show. So I found it this morning, and yeah. I got a little bit flustered because everybody's coming at this from a Cowboys standpoint. Like, yeah, we're going to do this, that, and the third to Atlanta. I'm like, hold on now. But but, but that's our – you know, our fans are going to feel – we don't know – our fans don't know the Falcons. Like, you know, the Falcons, that's why I appreciate you calling in, Aaron. And if, if you don't mind – Call in tomorrow when when I go over the Falcons' defense because I'm not going to address everything you said defensively because I want to save that for tomorrow's show. In fact, I don't even know if you're going to be able to call in tomorrow because I, I might be doing a joint show. But if I'm not, if I'm not able to call in tomorrow. Yeah. There is another Falcons personality on YouTube and Twitter that you may want to reach out sure. to. He's like the voice of our team. Well, His name is Mad Mike, but I will try to call in tomorrow. Sure. But Basically, I just wanted to give a Falcons fan's perspective on the game. It's like we do have weapons. A lot of people are used to the Julio Jones, Roddy White, Tony Gonzalez, or the Julio Calvin Ridley days. We have weapons. Matt Ryan has done more with less. He is a former MVP. Maybe what I'm about to say may be blasphemy to some people, but the man will go into the Hall of Fame one day. Not first ballot, but he will. He's this era's Dan Marino, if you want to think about it. Doesn't have a ring, has the great numbers. That's how I feel about Matt Ryan. He's I'm not even mad at you. Player. I'm not mad at you talking up your quarterback. Say, I just wanted to say, hey, if we win, it's not gonna be. It's not gonna be yeah. like, hey, you know, you just we blew you out because no Falcons game in the history of my lifetime, outside of maybe a few, where we just won a game from start to finish. Fam, I'm a Falcons fan. Aaron, let me we're, tell you this: we're learning ain't no blowouts play. happening. Ain't no blowouts happening if y'all win this game. Not happening. Y- y'all six not games won. in a row. This has been one score games, including the four victories. And Dallas just got smacked last week, so you're going to get a pissed off, hungry Cowboys team. That ain't happening. Um, yeah, yeah. So if we win, it's, I see a young Hoku kick late. If we win, it's going to be him late. But I would advise. Some Cowboys fans to go take a look at Matt Ryan because he does do well when he's under pressure. If he knows uh, he's going up against a team that's going to blitz I, a lot, I, I he is a quick. I, I I I listen, listen, and, and I appreciate you, Aaron. Right, like I said, tune in tomorrow, all right, brother. And keep tuning. Thank in, you. Matter of fact, oh, do you know a Evan Birchfield? No, I cannot say that I do. Okay, he's he's he covers the Falcons for the Falcoholic. I was going to try to bring him in this week and talk to him from Falcons. I know too. who Kevin Knight is from the Falcoholic. Okay, so you know the Falcoholic, though. Falcoholic. So I watched him from time to time, but okay. I mostly watch Atlanta Falcons Nation. But I just wanted to say thank you for giving me a chance to mm-hmm. uh, give a Falcons fan's perspective. I know this is a Cowboys show, and I hope I wasn't disrespectful no, to the team. No, not at all. Fans. I just wanted to give a Falcons fan's perspective. Because, you know, a lot of people jump on us. You know, Stephen A. Smith, if Matt Ryan blinks, he has a problem with it. So I just had to come in here and defend my boy. All good, Aaron. Nobody else doing it. Appreciate you, dog. Like how he was. So, no problem, man. So, 
Hey, man, I was actually, I, I appreciate that. I appreciate that because it's it's always good to get a different perspective, and that's why I'm trying to bring in Evan Birchfield from the uh, Falcoholic. And I got you, North of the Star. I got you, brother. And I apologize for letting him go um, long, but he was saying some things I was interested in hearing um, about his team, and that's why I invite opposite fans to come in to, to give us their fan perspective. But, boy, he was talking up Matt Ryan like he out here just, just, just slanging it. Pause. Like he's out here just 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 killing dudes and he's great against the blitz. I'm telling you, he's not. He has four interceptions when he's blitzed this year to six touchdowns. When he's under pressure, his numbers tank. And this isn't new, Aaron. Like you know this, Aaron. You don't come on here talking about that Matt Ryan's a former MVP, Aaron. When did Matt Ryan win the MVP? Let me go see. The 2000 and 15? Six years ago? Aaron. A dog. A Aaron. We don't do that here, bro. I call out the food. I call out the foo-foo. And that's foo-foo. Matt Ryan, very serviceable, respectable quarterback. We talked about that at the top of the show. Matt Ryan can make all the throws. Matt Ryan can call the defense or call the offense. He can get you in the right play, etc. Cetera, etc. Cetera. It's not it's not bad to say your quarterback just he struggles when it's pressure. He struggles when things are you know it's traffic around him. That that happens. Can he and he will try he will definitely try to make the throw with pressure around him. And that's what you want from Matt Ryan, because he's not an off angle thrower. He's not he's not a Patty Mahomes, a Matt Stafford, a J uh Lamar Jackson or anything like that. So yeah, Matt Ryan can get the job done. That Ryan ain't out here playing like no MVP, bro. What up, Vach? <laughs> Vach probably pulling me pulling me back right now. What up, Vach? What you, what, you want to call in, bro? You said Sky. What you got, man? You want to call in, bro? North, I'm going to let you get in here, North. What's up, North? Not much. I was just uh, no problem waiting either. I was just calling in with the Mike at linebacker. I prefer him to stay a linebacker, I think, just because sure. – uh, last week, those uh, where he got his sacks, those are like for me. That's like perfect for Matt Ryan too. He's not going to move around a lot, that's so if you point. can get Mike up the middle like that, I like that. And also going back to kind of the Dan Quinn and knowing each other, we also have two defenders that Matt Ryan knows and they know Matt Ryan. And I'm not too big if they get Neil on Pitts, and I'm pretty sure Matt Ryan's going to know how to attack that. Matt oh, Ryan. I don't want to so, see Neil on. <laughs> I mean, no, I don't want to see that. Mm mm mm. Don't want to see Neil on Pitts, man. Yeah, so I'm just thinking if uh, Parsons are playing more at DE, that's you got to play LV and Neal then, and then he's going to be able to maybe pick some mismatches, either be Patterson on Neal or uh, or Pitts on Neal. So it kind of goes both ways, like if he knows the defender better, but I think he can probably pick on Neal if he gets him in a matchup that he likes. Yeah, I, I'm. St- I think I think I think I like the J Ron. I know J Ron kind of got. Got got on one of those passes against uh, the, the Falcons when he lined up out wide, but I think if I can get Jaron Curse on Pitts in the slot, due to the size and physicality, I think I could live with that. Um, and then obviously, if I can travel Diggs in the slot, I'll do it. You know, like I said, I would treat him kind of like they treated uh, Mike Evans. Yeah, absolutely. And I, yeah, Curse led up that playback. That t- tight end is talented, and he g- gave that one up. But I think he played all right for the rest of the game. Like. As long, when it was 16 points, our defense, as as bad as it looked, 
it was the not stopping the run and not getting the ball back. That was really what was killing us. It was the offense. They were doing okay. Our offense didn't help. Them. Yeah, once, yeah, once that block punt didn't happen, I just it was yeah. You knew it wasn't the day. Yeah, well, when your offense, so like, like I said, when your offense goes downs, downs, punt, 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 uh, interception, field goal, like or whatever. No, interception. It was downs, downs, punt, 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 pick like that, and no, no plays, no series. I'm sorry, went over. Five plays except one, and that was uh, the interception, I think. So, yeah, it, it's – your offense has to help a defense that is not this elite defense. We, You know, I got fooled. Fool's gold. I got fooled against the Vikings. I definitely talked them up and said, shoot, if they can do that against the Vikings. But then the, the real issues popped back up. That were, there, were, there were always issues. It wasn't like it was something new. It was just kind of got shocked as a reminder that you're still a developing defense and middling defense – Really, that's all we need to be is a middling defense that's opportunistic. Uh, I got a little ahead of myself thinking they could be be, be uh, elite. Yeah, and I like what the one caller was saying earlier. I think it's just a good matchup for the Cowboys. The one thing that bugged me last week, and no one's really – Gallup, it sounds like Gallup probably could have played and they held him out. And then you've seen there where it just wasn't working with Amari or CD. Why not have that option dressed? You Bro, know, that could have been I, – I don't even know if it would have mattered. Dak was off. No, I, I don't know if – Kellen I don't want to say it would have mattered. Kellen was off. Yeah. I just don't like, like, okay, we we were stretching, uh, giving people extra time. Uh, now you got that one loss. Okay, let's get let's get people, guys back in here. Let's get yeah. the bodies at this. To be fair on the decision, it, you know, it's not like Cedric Wilson wasn't holding the weight down. Like, he was doing his thing. So, if, if, if extra time, it's a calf injury, extra time, you, you, you could afford it, right? You could afford it. The guy that, that subbed in for him was playing well. So, no one went into this game thinking that they would play like that. But but now he's back. They had to have him back, I think. I don't think he could not be back or he'd be on IR because he came off of uh, – he became – he came in that 21-day window, I believe, two weeks ago. So Yeah. And I'm just thinking, like, for our offense, I think one of the advantages is we have a lot of weapons that we got so many options. So for you to have that option and just to give him an extra week, you could have had him on a – a plan like the uh, plays, like amount sure. of plays you want to play him. I just think you robbed yourself of an option when. But let me ask you something. something. Do, you, let me, do you think Michael Gallup changed the outcome of that game? Uh, no, I'm not going to say because obviously nothing looked right. But maybe he doesn't play early, or he's just giving you something. I don't know. Like I just uh, like to have that option there if he was healthy. Sure. I can I can I can argue getting Michael Gallup to play last week just to get him back into the, the swing of things. So now in the Atlanta game he's not trying to get back in the swing of things. I could argue that. Yeah, and I was I said it kinda of a couple of weeks ago when I said Gallup. I said first week I want him to play, I want it to look like he's not gonna play all week. So that team would have had like you could have had stuff designed specifically for Michael Gallup. They they haven't you, seen you, it in you, the last <laughs> six weeks. Brother, brother North, bro, it, it didn't matter. We tried some herky jerky, <laughs> smoke screen stuff to Michael Gallup. I go, hey, look over here, he ain't playing. Then he plays, bro. Dak was off. Kelly oh, no, no. was yeah, off. The line couldn't block. It was just one of those games. That's all, man. That's all. But oh, we'll, yeah. we'll get it, it back. And it was it was across the league, really. So, anyway, have a good week, Scott. We'll see if I get in later. Appreciate you, man. Um, uh, let's get you 215. What's up, 215? Hey, you going, Scott? I'm good. 215, is that good, over good, in Philly? Good. You in Philly area? I'm in Philly, young fella. Uh-huh. <laughs> you in enemy territory. I used to be over there. 
Good, good. I just heard the other day you from PA? Yes, sir. Harrisburg, 717. Cool. Yeah, I'm 55 years old, my man. So uh, I've been in this uh, Philly hate for, you know, all my life. Long time, OG. Days, 60, Long baby. Time. Yeah, I've seen a lot of football, a lot of football. Um, first thing I want to say is I really appreciate you young brothers um, you. with your platforms, you, Botch, Law, Foots, all the other guys. Um, I really appreciate that. I'm getting my daughter to set me up so I can uh, start uh, sending some send some cheddar to you guys. Um, oh, man, so I really that. love to, Yeah, I really love to support you guys. And I want to be kind of a regular, but, you know, I'm, I'm old here in this game, working, trying to trying to schedule my next uh Feature, you know, my life, my life. So uh, I'm going to start. uh, Good luck with your next part of your life, brother. Yeah, I'm going to be doing some traveling and um, doing some nonprofit. So uh, uh, I'm I'm going to be around. What you (laughs) got for us? Yeah, Uh, a couple of things. Um, First time caller, so I want to, you know, want to try to get. I know I don't have all day, but a couple of things. Um, Last week, um, I noticed that you and Holly. I know Holly mentioned that he doesn't like trick plays. And um, I'm a firm believer, especially in the game like last week, where nothing is going right. I'm a firm believer, and I'm not no mastermind. I've seen a lot. But I'm a firm believer that you go into every game with, and I don't even call it trick gadget. I don't like that term, but it is what it is. But just come with some off-schedule plays, maybe one a half. I just don't understand why, like you said, Dak was off, Moore was off. When everything is off, can you sneak a tackle out in the flat, a fullback out in the flat, a, a tight end sprinkle? Can you get sprinkle out in a flat on a third and one? Do something that the league hasn't seen yet. Right. And I just don't understand how you go in on a game like this and not have something in your bag. Not saying that we would have won, but just keep the defense off schedule. What's your thoughts on that? Then I have another question um, for you. I, I, I think to I would have tried to go with more, I hate to say conservative. I don't want to use that term. But something to mm-hmm. get Dak into a rhythm as opposed to a trick play. Um, you talked about getting Sprinkle out in the flat or one of the tight ends out in the flat. Yeah, get him some easy throws to get him in the rhythm because he didn't have any. And then by the time that the right. Broncos, and I, I looked over to Jesse and I said this to Jesse when – it was it was the first fourth and one play I think wasn't it was it fourth and no it was third fourth and short one was the first one no there was a third, oh, yeah, third and short. so there was a third and short play I think Dallas was down mm-hmm. thirteen or sixteen nothing and they still had a chance to to kind of get back into the game and instead of Dak Prescott literally either running for the first down or just dumping it off to for an easy first down he tried to get right. sixteen points in one play. And what right. happened was I think this entire team started to press. You had the defense kept trying to strip the ball instead of tackling. You had Dak Prescott trying to get 13 points on one play instead of just getting the first down. So I think I would have tried to get Dak in a rhythm. It felt like, and this was a great analogy I think I heard Dave Hellman say, it, it felt like those boys was playing Madden out there in the sense of, I, I, I'm going right. to score. I'm, no matter what they do, I'm going to score. And by the time that it hit them, like, oh, snap, this game is out of hand. It was too late. So, right, you know, right. I hear you. I'm not I'm not opposed to having like a, a gadgety play per half. Um, and they they've kind of done that. We've seen Cedric Wilson. Right. We've they've seen been we, we've yeah, seen C.D. Lamb in the backfield. We And for whatever right. reason, bro, they were just not. Kellen Moore was not on his game. Dak Prescott was not on his game. Right. You can't have both of those guys off of their games on the same day. Right. Right. You agree. I mean, I agree. I agree. And. 
that I've been asking for the CD in the backfield. I used to ask for De- I never understood why, and not to get off track, but I never understood why we didn't put Dez in the backfield a little bit more because he's an aggressive brother. runner, punt returner, natural. You know, who was the why head coach? Not? Who was the head coach at that time? Who was the play yeah, coach? Who was the offense coordinator? But, but listen, <laughs> I understand. But I, when I came up as a ball player, it was like, dude, can I contribute something to this this mm. week? Can I just let you guys know, you know, Everyone in the league, every top offensive player or even some corner, everybody played cornerback in youth. Everybody played corner, uh, quarterback up until a certain point. So everybody has a certain type of skill set where they can do different things. Like, sure. can I at least just, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, but, but just J- try me at but this. Jason, put, Zeke, put Zeke at the Wildcat and let him do a, the jump pass listen, at the J- goal line. Jason it's Garrett not- ain't the creative type like that. Now, now, yeah, sometimes he, he, he'd catch you off, he'd catch you by surprise and hit you with a little flea flicker. I think the flea flicker is the, the oldest trick play in the book. He'll hit you with a little flea yeah. flicker. They do a little reverse, <laughs> double reverse or something like that. But Scott Linehan, Jason Garrett was your play card. They're they not as as yeah. creative as um as Keller Moore. Yeah, I agree, I agree. All right, one more question before I let you go. Yep. Well, two quick questions. One, the the, the young fellow 79 that filled in for Tyron Smith last week, why not start him this week, uh, last week, since he was already getting a feel for the, you know, feel for the play? Why put Steele over there when he never played it before? All right, let's talk about it. I'm going to talk and about I, that off, 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 the, off the line, all right? All right, one more question, one more question. Oh, 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 oh. I'm sorry. Two more than that. Uh, one more question. I'm sorry, one more question. Uh, if you go back and watch the All-22, uh-huh. when we did the jet sweep two weeks ago with Pollard, I heard Foot say you never do the jet sweep at the goal line. What? Jet sweep would have worked because Zeke blasted his man into the end zone like four yards. Pollard took the wrong lane. Did you see that? I, I would argue uh, the jet sweep at the goal line is one of the toughest ones to defend because all he needs yeah, is, exactly. is two, three yards. As a, You know what I mean? That's all he needs. Yeah. Exactly. All right. Thank you very much. Appreciate yeah. you. No problem, man. Thank you for the call. All right. All right. Uh, Ty Nseki. Ty Nseki. I think he, you know, and we, we'll probably talk about this tomorrow. It sounds like Terrence Steele was going to be the guy over there. But, but I again, it's one game. But based off that one game, Terrence Steele does not look like a left tackle. Uh, our guy, Duke Mannyweather, who I'm still trying to get on the dang on show, he said Cowboys essentially just have an LT2 and an RT2. There is no swing. And based off of one game, it looked like that to me. It looked like 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 Steele was not a swing yet. You know, he's still developing to be that guy. I just don't see them doing a whole bunch of musical chairs, like putting uh, Collins at left tackle, and then I don't see it happening. But he asked why. He asked why did they put Ty Nasecki on the bench for Terrence Steele? Because Terrence Steele kind of earned it, right? Like Terrence Steele played well at right tackle, so. He earned the ability to swing because he was the quote-unquote swing. He was the swing. Tyden Secchi against the Vikings was bad. Tyden Secchi was getting bullied. Um, wonder if a week of practice as a starter would have helped him. Maybe. Maybe. Who knows? Uh, but he wasn't good. So, I get that. Going into this game, if they decide to say, yo, you were so bad, Terrence, that we're going to put Ty in, I really honestly don't know how I'd feel about it. Because that's how bad Terrence was. I don't know how I feel about it. Um, let me get 229, then I'm going to get you, Reek. And we going to rock out. Uh, what's up, 229? Hey, what's going on, man? I'm good, brother. How are you? I'm good, man. Uh, listen, man, I'm a long-time listener, first-time caller. Thank you. And, um, 
you know, I, I, I watch the game, man, and when you come out flat for a game like that, you know what I mean, and you give them the momentum. That fourth down, that gave them all the momentum to start the spark in their team. You know, you punt that ball, man, and you play your, you play defense. It just seemed like they came out flat, man. They have, sure. they weren't prepared. I saw, is the 26, is Jordan Lewis? Yeah. Man, I saw this guy standing on the sideline with his arms folded. Yeah, the, the energy, you know, the energy was not right. there. The vibe was not there, and, and I, don't, I don't, I can't explain it. I, I don't know. I'm not in that locker room. All I can do is try to read between the lines from the players and the coaches, and it just they all sounded like they kind of was full of themselves. Late Vanderesh yeah, said, Late Vanderesh said, we needed this, and they they pushed them a little bit. What do you mean? Just know, we needed this. We needed to kind of get you know yeah. punched in the mouth to realize we're we're in a fight. Right, exactly. And, I mean, in the course of a season, man, you need these type of games right here. You know, you you need to get kind of brought back down. You know, we was high. We was listening to Skip and Shannon and all that. We bought all of them. I wouldn't. You know what I mean? <laughs> Who are you? Let me we tell bought you. it. Wh- whoever's listening to Skip and Shannon, I urge you to save your brain cells. That's all. <laughs> You're right. You're right. You're right. But but listen, man. I, hey, man. I check you guys out all the time, man. Thanks, bro. You know what I'm saying? It's Cowboys. You know, I'm I'm, I'm calling from a two two nine, but I'm uh, I'm Miami, man. I'm three oh five. You know what hey, I mean? Three oh five. We got a lot of three oh five Cowboy fans here, man. You know, we've been rocking for a long time. You know, we we went through all the Jason Garrett and 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 Campos and all the the bad stuff, man. Hey, well, three oh five. Keep keep holding it down for us, three hundred five. All right, and for sure, man. For sure, man. Appreciate the call, brother. No problem. Uh, Steven said Okoye showed the lack of pursuit. Yeah, so tomorrow, that's who um, yeah, I gotta reach out to him. I should probably have him on here tomorrow to break down the uh, Falcons defense, and I guess we can briefly go over a little bit of the Broncos. I'm, I'm trying to. Throw that one behind, right? Like that, that that's done. Let's let's see how the Cowboys can match up against these boys here. Um Let me see. Mark says still definitely showed he's not a swing. That, that, that game he sure as hell did. Yeah. And we'll talk more about it. My man Vosh says, still you a gentleman. <laughs> well, man, listen, Vosh, you you know me all you you know me behind the scenes as well. But yeah, you know, I Try to be respectful. You know, I try to let everybody get their takes off and things like that. But sometimes. See, you wasn't here earlier. Sometimes. I got I to gotta shut some of the dumb stuff down. Uh, Reek. What's up, bro? Close us out, man. Yo, what's up? Yeah, what's up, Sky? What's up, Cowboy Nation? Let's get them shares and them likes. Yes, sir. popping in the chat. You know what I mean? We be lacking some time out here, Cowboy Nation. All this good footage, all this good content that we get, uh, content that we give in footage and highlights. Yo, man, show Sky some respect, man. I appreciate that, bro. Yeah, man. Uh, What I wanted to say was this, man. Uh, First of all, I know Leighton Van Der said something, and you know I'll be on his behind. He right in a sense, but at the same time, he shouldn't be the one saying it. Uh, Because he get punched in the mouth every week. So uh, that's besides the point. Uh, My whole thing is, um, I said it before, you gotta get the 
if you know that Terrence Steele uh, is not that good on the left side, man, you got to get the ball out your hands after. You can't hold on to the ball all day and, and expect to get it downfield. Yeah. Dak messed on some things. Dak messed on some things. But my thing is, you have Kellen Moore caught a bland game. He didn't come into the game aggressive like he normally has been doing when we've been standing up for these big name teams. You know what I mean? Or, or pretty good teams, far as uh, the Bucks, the Bucks, and like uh, I say, the Chargers. But you, but to, you know what was most not concerning but frustrating that we hadn't seen from this team offensively or defensively all year, coaching staff wise. It's not even that – I get it. Boom, you came out, you was bland, you got caught off guard, quote-unquote, because that's what they said. They got caught off guard. The problem I had, and I say had because I, until I see it become a pattern, I won't, I won't say I have a problem, but the problem I had was that there was no adjustments made. And all year, yeah. Kellen and Dan had been adjusting greatly at halftime or doing something in, in that third quarter, we'd have our best quarter. Um, I, I don't think they adjusted. I, I think they came out with the same the same style, the same plays. Like you said, Terrence Steele was getting whooped. This reminded me of, of the yeah, Browns were. game last year where, yo, you got Terrence Steele on an island against Miles Garrett. Sure, there's no Miles Garrett over there. It didn't matter because Terrence Steele was getting whooped. So why not kind of get the ball out quickly, get some get some extended handoffs like we saw in that Bron- in that Bucks game. Uh do something to protect your tackle and uh he didn't, you know. Yeah, cuz cuz um people have been saying that Lyell is kind of gimpy. He's not looking like, you know what I mean, his he's, self. He's you clearly, know what I mean? And my he's whole thing winded. is like, you know, he he gets winded cuz he's out he's not in game shape. We need to get him in shape, but that, yeah. that's that's what I see. That's true. That's true too, but at the same time too, is Terrence still better than him in the run game? Because because a couple times that I've seen last week, even though we know he's not in game shape, a couple times I've seen last week with him, he wasn't pushing the pile on that right hand side like that nastiness that Terrence still had over there. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. I, I haven't I even seen people getting pancaked. I, I didn't see people getting pancaked over there on that side. But when Terrence Steele was over there, people was getting pancaked. People was on the ground. People, people jerseys was getting dirty. You know what I'm saying? I, I, and, I, don't, and that was, I don't think who it didn't matter who was me. on the. I think I think I think Lyle was fine in the run game. But if we, if we want to do like, you know, if we want to do nuances, did he pancake somebody? I mean, I guess. But I don't think it had anything to do with like one on ones more so than it had to do with a numbers game. They couldn't run the ball because they literally put more numbers in the box, and Dak never got out of it. Dak decided to run into some of these weird, these weird box, uh, these weird alignments, and it, and it hurt the Cowboys. Um, so, yeah, did, did we did he have these these uh, highlight plays, pancake? Play? I think we should probably not talk about pancakes when it comes to because because we start festering on highlights, right? Was Lyle Collins good Where's enough so at, at right tackle? I think up until the fourth quarter, when that holding penalty had, Lyle held up well. I mean, the first view I watched, I said that, and then I said, let me go back and watch the All-22. And then that justified what I was saying. The fourth quarter for Lyle was a struggle because that boy got winded. You saw him. He had a little thing on his face and everything. For whatever reason, yeah, I've seen that. I've seen that for and when he, when he's not in shape, he plays over his toes. He starts to hold. He starts to bear hug, and you can't have that. 
Uh, but you're talking about the run game. I, I mean, nobody was good in the run game. Nobody. Zach, yeah, that's Mar- true. Zach that's Martin true. wasn't my, my good in the run is, game. Zach Martin hasn't been great in the is, run game. But my thing is, is his surgeries, his injuries, catching up to him a little bit? You know, know what I mean? I don't know. That's all. That's all. That's all I'm saying because, like, uh, uh, I seen last night, um, people were talking about he's looking a little gimpy. You know what I mean? And I understand we saying that we gotta let him get back in game shape and all that. But what if his injuries are lingering over? Because this dude that, never really he wasn't the best at coming in shape and coming in. Uh, well, this in year and stuff he, like that. he came in shape this year. I don't know if y'all remember the videos. The dude was. He's a workout warrior. I mean, he's talking a little six pack and all that stuff. He came in shape. Coming in, coming into the season out of shape wasn't an issue. Um, he was in shape, but is his? You're asking me, is his surgeries, is his injuries catching up to him? That I don't know. I'm not Britt Brown. I'm not yeah. in there. I'm not Lyell. I'm not. I'm not the players. That is something that's going to have to leak out. If Lyell is literally having problems with his hip or something like that, then that is a problem. I right now, I, yeah, because yeah, because yeah, I expected him to come in here with a nastiness. You know what I'm saying? Sure. Like pissed off, nasty. Because this this young dude's gonna took my job. I'm mad as hell, and I'm playing. You know what I mean? Like you know, I'm playing like a man on fire. Anybody get in my way, I'm, I'm knocking you down. You know what I mean? But at the same time, too, it's a it's a team sport. I, I was just it. about to say. See, uh, we, we the, gotta the, be careful the, the team, with that. We gotta be careful yeah. with that. This, this is a this this this. I don't want to say. I keep using mad, but this is real life, right? Like this is real life. Yeah. There's players on that other side of the field with the same mentality, right? And you have to yeah. judge these players off of all 65 snaps of these games. So yeah, why you want Lyle to pancake everybody every single play? That just ain't happening. I don't give a damn how it gets. Here's and it's not you. This is my this is my thing here. Lyle and Terrence are two different style of players. That's number one. Number mm-hmm. two, I don't care how either one of them get it done. Does it get done? Right? I don't care if it's a pancake. I don't care if it's just a regular block. I don't care if it, it just get it done. That's all I care about, Rick. Yeah, I understand that, man. All, all the only point I was trying to make is I, I was I know Leon Collins is an all pro. He's a good, he's a great I player. Call him an all, I get that. I wouldn't when call he, him an all pro. Well, he, he, he was on the, that's what I'm saying. He, well, he, a pro bowler. He's a pro bowl talent. Yeah, that's what you're saying. Yeah, yeah, pro bowl talent. But at the same time, too, I've just seen something. I'm not trying to say uh, Terrence Still is a pro bowl talent and all that, but he was playing real good. And I've seen. When he was over there on that right side, the nastiness that he was playing with, and the going, getting to that second level with his blocks, I'm not seeing that. I didn't see that last week with with Layout. And I know we gonna say the man out of shape. I mean, like he he got winded. Uh, he got to play himself back in the game shape. He does. But when 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 he plays himself back in the game shape, is we gonna see him getting to the second level like? We've seen Terrence still get to that do, second level. Do you Even think, though we know. Just, just don't mince your words. Do you think Lyle Collins is a bad football player right now? Don't mince him. Cause I, no. No, <laughs> I, no, I don't I don't think he's a bad football player. Okay. But I do think that his injuries, uh, I do think that he's a little gimpy. I just, I just, I just really believe that. You know what I mean? 
So you think his, just you me. think the injuries of, of, are catching up to to Lyle Collins right now? A little bit, yeah, a little so bit. So you yeah. want to bench be Lyle Collins? You want to put him on the bench? Hell no! Nah. I wouldn't say I wouldn't say that. I'll bench I'll bench uh, Williams before I bench Collins. You know what I mean? I'm just gonna be honest. I'll put him in that left tackle before I bench him. I'm not saying bench the man, but I'm just saying I know they're gonna have to do some shuffling on that line to, to see what works without uh, Smith. I get that part too. But yeah, I don't want to hold. I don't want to hold the lines up, man. I'm just, I'm just saying what I'm thinking, man, because mm-hmm. it looks different. The, the line looks different, and I know because T, uh, T Smith is 